Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday Show with your three eSports certified hosts. My name is James Chen. We've got Mr. Ultra David here, and we've got Turning Green Tubaware over here. Hang on, let me see if I can... It's Slimer! Come to hang out with us. Whoa! What is going on oh, here? Yeah, I forgot oh, to change that because no. I hadn't streamed in a while. That's entirely oh, my bad. Oh, no. David! What did you do? You <laughs> I screwed it show. up! <laughs> I screwed it up is what I did! <sighs> also, I'd like everybody to know that I saw James Chen in person today. That is true. Whoa! How did that happen? Well, I'm going to go on a little trip to visit my niece who was born in December, who I've never met because it's been weird COVID times. Mm -hmm. And now that we're all vaccinated, I'm going to finally go meet her. So that's happening tomorrow. And so James is going to be looking after the kitty cats. So I was dropping stuff off to him. Yep. Wait, 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 wait. How long are you going to be going? Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Oh, at least in some days. Okay. I and thought you were going for like a day having James look at your cats. I was like, come on, man. I'd still look, do it. <laughs> yeah, you know we're big cat fans. So oh, are yeah. you, bub. You got a kitty cat as well. And he's a, he's quite a beautiful little baby. Yeah, so David's... we're going to be talking about fighting game rumors. We're going to be talking about, yeah, as James mentions, this esports certification business. We'll talk about that. <laughs> it's just funny. Hey, I hear you. We have an interview with Katana Prime. I'm stoked about that. Woo! He's a good fella. We'll talk what about it. a good day to bring him on. It's like I knew I had a premonition. You got it. We'll have uh, viewer 5-5 five, five questions. We will have a little bit more game news. We'll have a little bit more community news. We'll have some tournament results. There's a few things upcoming, and then we'll get to the mailbag. If you recall, we didn't actually get much to the mailbag or the 5-5 five, five matchup last time because we just had a busy show. So we're going to be getting to those from last week, this week. But first, let's talk about these fighting game rumors. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. All right. Rumors. Rumors is good. Rumors is a good way to put it. Well, rumors something yeah. they know they're true, right? Yeah. Well, okay. So let's start with the Project L1. Okay. This was a rumor that came out yesterday yeah. and it like exploded with incredible speed. Incredible <laughs> speed. The rumor yeah. essentially is that Project L is going to be a platform fighter and like, like Smash. And that it's going to have something to do with NFTs in a way that was very unclear to me. Like some, whatever, NFTs is the buzzword. So that was included in this rumor is basically what I think happened there. It turned out that that's fake. Somebody at Riot actually said, and this is rare. Yeah, James is very surprised for sure. This is rare, but... Somebody actually deconfirmed it. So let me, I'm bringing up the suite. Joe Hickson says, we basically never talk about this kind of thing, but the Project L leaks going around are very, very fake. You too can edit any website with the handy dandy inspect element tool. Yeah. <laughs> there was the video that actually showed someone creating a web page and just like five minutes just replacing yeah. things super fast. <sighs> I'll be the first to admit, I got got. I was on it. I was like, oh, no, this is terrible news all around. <laughs> I got got. I mean, I, I kind of got got. Like, there was a brief period. There's maybe, like, literally a 20-second period where this rumor came out, and then a tweet by supposed Project L Twitter account came out. 
And that tweet was like, hey, everybody, we're going to be showing off the full thing in May. And here's a little bit of a trailer. And when I saw that, my immediate reaction was, oh, my God, it's real. Because they had to scramble so much that they created this new Twitter account. <laughs> they immediately went, like, no news in this tweet. It was just like, okay, we'll tell you guys about it, but not for another week or so. And it just it's it strikes me as the, a way that you would respond if there were like real leaks that actually came out and you weren't prepared to talk about it. Right, I could right. see that kind of thing happening, but then like literally twenty seconds, like after that, I was like, oh, this account was started like today. It has one tweet. It has eight hundred followers. Like it's not a check mark. This is not right. This is just cannot be right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just. It's kind of tough because, you know, the fact that they came out right away and were like, look, there's no credibility to these rumors. None of these are true. It's always one of those things now that, you know, it always feels like if a rumor comes out, if there's no response to it, that means it's true. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I feel like we're, we're, we're just kind of uh, continuing that idea. You also, you know what I just thought about right now about how stupid all of us are? <laughs> They're... They're not gonna call the game Project L. Yeah, right. Yeah, Wasn't yeah, yeah. Valorant uh, like Project M or something like that? Like, there's yeah, they're not calling the game Project L. Everything said Project L. Like, they they yeah, we yeah, man, I'm stupid. Yeah. I was just really excited for. I think everybody is just really excited for any news, any well, news I at mean, all. I think I know one of the people who's going out there to who's coming to the uh, offices to actually play the game. I I feel like. Uh, uh, there was a hint on Twitter of one of the FGC members who is actually going to get a chance to play it. It's not me, well, let me tell you that, and that's probably a wise choice on their part. Uh, but I think that there are some people who might actually get a chance to try it pretty soon. Well, here's the thing. Leaks never happen in the fighting game community because everybody follows their NDAs. Not once has anybody went to test something and then dumped all the information on the internet it's never happened so i'm very sure that that'll stay consistent and we won't get any news from this yeah anytime anybody ever tries to share any leaks in the fighting game community it's usually curtains for them so you know <laughs> nice uh, one i like it very well much done. Well done. that was well done yeah the reason that i think this is even worth talking about is that it the, a couple a couple angles on this one is that it shows how much we're interested in this game like it's it is an obvious as a cat walks by it is an obvious fact after having seen this explosion that like everybody's like wow we need any information about this game that we can get we'll believe this weird twitter account like even before that when the rumor came out early in the morning like people were on board or or if not even if not actively on board we were all talking about it because yeah like we're we're excited for it, I think is what mm. I would say. The FPC is yeah. very much looking forward to this game. Yeah, we need we need some info, man. I mean, it's still kind of terrifying, right? Because, I mean, you know, with the way that Riot has been with a lot of their games and stuff. But I guess, I don't know, like, how has, like, Runeterra and Val Valorant been doing? Like, have they not been doing the crazy things where, like, if you play our game, you can't play any other games and all that stuff, so, right? So. so, so from my understanding, oh, wait, wait. When you say you can't play other games, what do you mean? Like, for the professional players and yeah, stuff? Yeah, professional players, street... Then, you know, yeah, yeah. So, so, from my understanding, that stuff didn't start until 
Riot stepped in to officially run everything. And right now, Runeterra and Valorant are both too young for them to want to do that. Uh, okay. uh, so they're letting, they're letting the grassroots build naturally. And gotcha. then after that happens, they come and slam their big you know, foot down and are like, hey, we're taking all this stuff and we're going to run our own stuff now. Eat it. Right. Uh, that's what they did for League of Legends. So that's what I expect for Valorant. That's what I'll expect for Project L, et cetera, et cetera. It's a good yeah. business plan. Let everybody else do the work and then come and claim it as their own. <laughs> work for work, work for the UK, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm just wondering how they're going to handle it, especially because you know you have two people who started Evo, you know, working on the yeah. game and everything. <laughs> Obviously, they're probably going to try to you know do as much as they can to try to keep it as FGC as possible. But we'll see what happens. You missed it, yes, TG Burt. I already said uh, at the start of the show, we are all esports certified already. So fact, I got my diploma hanging out behind me. It's actually right here. It's this is the the Dimitri poster is my diploma. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tom and Tony are there, and even on top of them, there are a ton of FGC people who are working for Riot on this game. Like a lot of people who have like a lot of not just history in the game, but like organizing streaming like there are people who are like real dedicated community members mm -hmm. working on that team so yeah i'm sure that they're doing their best to try to keep it community oriented but like tubo was saying like the other games that they've put out haven't been maximum esports yet anyway um yeah i'm I, I too am not in love with the idea that they basically like let other people build the scene and then like don't let them run it after that i'm not into that either but anyway <laughs> that is what they're doing with the others um uh, so, right, it does, it, but it does show, like, regardless of whatever happens with the business model, it does show that people are really interested in this game. Like, it is, it is a proof of people being into it. And I knew that some people were, but I guess I didn't realize that, like, as many people were as excited about it as I think is implied by, by this. Because when they showed off a little bit of footage, only tiny bit of footage that they've shown off so far, some people were into it. Some people I saw were like, oh, I don't know. This looks like Street Fighter 4, kind of. Like, I'm maybe I'm not into it. But now it seems like a lot of people are really excited. I mean, I think people have been curious this entire time because I think a lot of people are, are asking the same kind of questions to themselves. How is this going to change the FGC landscape? Is this going to be the breakout game that we're looking for? If Rising Thunder is any indication, is it going to be the single input for special moves fighting game that that will be the one to unite everybody that, you know, a lot of people were even thinking Grand Blue might have been, you know, had we not hit a pandemic and had the game actually had rollback netcode you know like I, I i i think people are still looking for it i mean i've been having big conversations on twitter with people about you know fighting game popularity and stuff like that and uh this could be the game that could change things uh maybe or maybe <laughs> fighting games are hard and it doesn't matter if the special right are with one mm -hmm. Exactly. And uh, people are going to realize that, damn, fighting games are hard when they try it. If, you know, it's a standard fighting game, um, which I hope it is. If it, if it was based off of rolling, a Rising Thunder, that would be sick. I, I don't think it will be, especially considering uh, Seth left Riot not too long after that buyout happened. But if it was based on Rising Thunder, dope, man. I, I love, I love 
I mean, don't, don't forget, Tom and Tony were the ones who made Rising Thunder, right? And they're still the ones that are there, right? It's more than... Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. I'd be all about that, man. Rising Thunder was fun, and I was good at it. Hold that. <laughs> yeah, I think the other angle on this is the rumor of it being a platform game, a platform fighter like Smash. Would that turn you off? I mean, how no, would you... I'm not playing that game. Why would I play yeah, you that You would game? just absolutely not do it if that absolutely was Absolutely not. If I want to play a developer supported esports platform fighter i'm playing brawlhalla 100 like why would i play riot's game why would i play for like the evil corporation is looming over everyone when i can play for a uv who as far as i know hasn't done anything that terrible yet <laughs> so yeah I'll, I'll play brawlhalla plus i played the game before anyways like it's an easy choice for me personally but yeah. i feel like everybody should feel that way Play Brawlhalla or play Smash. Why Why the hell would you want to play a Riot platform fighter? There, I, no way, man. Get it away from me. Yeah, you definitely played a lot of Brawlhalla early on. Yeah, I did. Um, I mean, for, for me, I I like Smash. I never played Brawlhalla. But that, it doesn't turn me off. I don't know. I mean, I'm not currently like taking Smash seriously as a game, this one or Melee. But I've played it a lot. I really enjoy it. And I could totally see myself playing it more or whatever it just i really like the, some other fighting games more is like all that it is but i can imagine myself doing that like i played brawl in tournaments for a while i'm i'm cool with that I so mean, it doesn't really turn me off and i and i get it like i dude smash i think i read is at 22 million copies sold so it's like an absurd number sold and <laughs> by contrast the other fighting games out there are like proud to reach. Tekken's stoked to reach seven million. I think they're at, or was it eight yeah. now? It was, now? They're at eight. They're at eight. They're at eight now. Yeah, yeah. they're stoked about that, and rightfully so. But like by comparison, twenty-two is yeah. absurd. <laughs> so if if part of that is due to the fact that it's a platform fighter, part of the success of Brawlhalla as well, super popular game, tons of entrance, as we've talked about, really big uh, esports tour. Part of the success of that stuff is them being platform fighters. I would get why Riot would want to make it a platform fighter. So it doesn't seem like that's what's happening, but I I think that would, it wouldn't surprise me and I would be okay with it. I mean, look, uh, my opinion on it is, you know, I wouldn't mind it being a platform fighter because I don't find it one, you know, any less legitimate than other fighting game formats, but two, you know, I wouldn't mind it if they tried something completely brand new, you know, in this giant conversation about fighting game accessibility and stuff that I've been talking about. I've been thinking about other ways, you know, we've even got a bunch of questions on alternate wind conditions and how we're going to, you know, I've thought of some interesting ideas, you know, I'm not going to repeat them here because, you know, I think they might be actually pretty decent, but <laughs> uh, like, I really wouldn't mind them coming out with some really different kind of ideas on how to do fighting games. If they just did something that was completely brand new and we haven't seen before, I think that's great, right? What if, what if like, let's say for example, oh, it's a League of Legends based fighting game. You know, the, the damage is actually all done to the tower on the corners and you're just trying to push them into the tower and they're taking damage by hitting the tower or something. Like, if they did something like that, I don't even think it would be that bad. I think it would be really cool to try something different 
And uh, yeah, I was saying that when the when the news of this first broke, I was like, yeah, what if the damage that what if you do enough damage to somebody and then rather than dying, now you just release super minions onto them, and now there's like your little super minions are attacking with you against right. the opponent, <laughs> then they could like retreat to their corner where maybe they could get some items, maybe even some random items or whatever. Right. I mean, I'm on board with that stuff, sure. I mean, I, I do agree. Oh, well, I mean, I'm not in a position to say, but I mean, Heroic Legacy in the chat says Riot's MO so far is taking the best of a specific genre and making it better by iterating on it, not new Uncharted territory, so. Yep. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's pretty much exactly what Valorant is. Yeah. Fair enough, yeah. All right, well, again, this rumor seems like it's complete nonsense, so... Thank ah, goodness. I do think it's fun to talk about. There was another rumor. There Let's is move on to that rumor. second rumor. There was another rumor, <laughs> wasn't there? Uh, there is. <laughs> this rumor comes... I spent a while hunting this down. So it comes from a guy named Daniel Richtman who has leaked other stuff in the past, some of which he's been right about but also some of which he has not been right about. And it, the rumor is that NetherRealm Studios is working on a Marvel fighting game for next-generation consoles. NetherRealm Studios making a Marvel game, which has been the territory of Capcom for 25 years. Maybe a little bit longer than that, actually. There's, that's that's it. I mean, it's a very simple rumor. There's not a lot of info out about this. It might be complete nonsense, but what do you guys think? I think Warner, a Warner Brothers company producing a Disney IP is ridiculous, and it will not happen, and I think this rumor is extremely fake. However, if it is real... I don't even want to think about it, man. All, all, every Marvel player I saw tweeting about it was just like, God, no, please, no, just don't. Don't, please. And most of them are just worried about the animation looking stiff. Dial-a-combo does not work for superheroes. It doesn't look good in Injustice either. So we can't imagine it looking very good in, 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 in a Marvel. It's, it's worrying, man. It's scary. I don't like it. I feel torn. I feel like I would put way more effort into liking this game than I would want to because I haven't liked any NRS games in the past. And it's just me. I don't think they're bad games. They're just not for me to make that clear to everyone. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, I would be so torn. I wouldn't want the Katana Primes of the world out there commentating Marvel. Okay, they can stick to Injustice and Mortal Kombat. Marvel's my territory. <laughs> so, Mr. Aquaman, no, you cannot commentate a Spider-Man versus Wolverine match, okay? <laughs> That's not how this works, bub. I so, mean, yeah, I'd be super torn, man. I, I, I don't know how i take it. <laughs> They're going to steal your job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Nothing I'm you, man. Honestly, I mean, I... How do I put this as delicately as possible here? Uh-oh. If Warner Brothers makes a Marvel game, I hope it's not done by NRS. Let's just put it that way. If they do a fighting game... You I said you were going to put it lightly, James. Jesus, right I, for the jungle. I just really would hope that they're not the ones to do it because I get it. DC likes to be real and gritty and, oh, dark and, uh, you know, that's like DC's we're graphic novels, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, the animations just have not, like, like I just, I don't want to see Spider-Man fighting like this. 
Like, I just don't want to see him fighting like this. I just, I just don't want to see him go back fist. You know, like if, if that's, are you, are you doing flash animations? I don't know. I'm, I'm doing every NRS character animation. Exactly. Yeah. I would say he's, he's nailing every NRS character. I just did every, I mean, Batman. Like, why does Batman stand like that in his neutral stance? Where in the world would you not make Batman stand there with the cape over him and he would just be standing there? Yeah. Like, why would you not make Batman do that? Why would Batman not have a bunch of counters and holds and, like, actually do, like, crazy? Why is Batman punching and kick? Why does everybody have back back two or back one where they kick at your shin? Like, every NRS character in Injustice has that kick. Like, if Doctor Doom kicks you on your shin like that by hitting back one, I am going to basically cry. <laughs> <laughs> basically, I would cry. Yeah. That's so, what the Marvel community has basically been saying too, man. Yeah, and and that's basically where I stand. Or they get NRS to do it and hire a bunch of new animators. I'm not I'm not saying that the animators are bad. They're just not Marvel. That's just it. It's just it's just not. It's not their specialty. It's not their specialty. I, I get think it. They're it, really good at making Mortal Kombat characters. Yeah. And then they put those same Mortal Kombat characters in Injustice One and Two. <laughs> Oh, man. superheroes. Well, look, obviously, I really like NRS games, so I would be really happy about this because I think that they would make a really interesting game. Like, they just have they have great character designs in terms of what the gameplay options are, especially in Injustice. Injustice 2 is, like, one of the all-time most varied, Injustice 1 as well, fighting games. Like, there's just extreme diversity of options. I love that stuff. So I think that they do a really good job when it comes to that. Uh, that's the reason that I play NRS games. I just really, really like the gameplay. The characters are cool. I like the options that they let you do. It's really fun for me. And some of my most favorite 2D grounded fighting games. Like, it's, they're among my favorite. So I would be happy from that perspective. But I kind of get what you guys are saying animations-wise. <laughs> the animations have gotten a lot better. It's way better now than it was even a couple of games ago. So they're improving a lot. And the models are fantastic. But I, as much as I played in Love and Justice and Injustice 2, I never got the feeling that I was playing as a superhero. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, right. I was playing as, like, interesting grappler character or, like, interesting zoner or fun footsies character or whatever. But I don't, I didn't feel like I was playing, like, is this, is this Swamp Thing? Like, is he, I would imagine Swamp Thing to be, like, come, like, bubbling up from the ground a lot. And he's, He's got some stuff where he like bubbles another guy up or whatever, but like a lot of the time he's just like playing footsies, you know. Right. And and I don't know. That's it's really fun. It's really good game, a really good gameplay. But in my opinion, is it superhero feel? I just don't get that feeling. Right. Whereas when I play Marvel, like I am the Hulk. Like absolutely, I'm the Hulk when I play <laughs> in that game. He has armor. Like, he's got... He, just the animations. You guys know what it looks like. He just looks sick. They, and they all do. They all look like the character. Like, they act like the character. Right. And and I just don't really feel that way for Injustice. Um, I mean, one of the exceptions and part of why I like him is Bane, who I do think feels like... Like, Bane, in my imagination, Bane would be, like, a really powerful, tricky mix-up character who does a ton of damage and has an interesting buff-debuff mechanic. That makes total sense to me. Bane is a, is one character who I look at, and I'm like, yes, this looks like 
this feels to me like how Bane would be. But the other characters, I just don't get the feeling, even if they're interesting to play as. No. So, you know, I don't know. And I, and I would, I mean, I've often talked about this, the fact that Injustice 2 is just made to look boring in some ways. And I don't even mean the animations or the... Or the the colors are true. Uh, models. Music. Yeah, the colors, the music. Right. Batman slowly steps up to the computer at the oh, very beginning. Oh, God, I didn't even goes, think about music. He no. just walks <laughs> and he presses the button and it goes, Injustice. And it's just, why? Like, it's so <laughs> boring. I don't know. The music, yeah. come I mean, on. No. Let, let's just put it this way. <laughs> when Konami's X-Men came out, you know, the six-player beat-em-up game came out, I saw that game and I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. This is what comic books should look like, you know, and Wolverine is walking around standing straight up, you know, and he's kind of walking around and I was like, this is the greatest. And then X-Men Children of the Atom showed up in the arcades and Wolverine is just like half the size of everyone else because he's so squat and he's got that stance, and when he's just slashing, he's just yeah, everywhere. And then Marvel Superheroes comes out, and Spider-Man is basically like he's is ba- he's almost lying on the floor with his stomach, with how he's posed and stuff. And you know, when I saw those games, like seriously, like that blew my mind. And now I go back and look at X-Men for by Konami and Wolverine's walking around like, you know, and it's like, holy crap. And you know, that's the kind of thing like Psylocke, the way she stands there is just like, you know, like posing like this and everything about the way that Capcom did those Marvel games is, is what I imagine Marvel to be now. And so I just, I can't, I just, I would cry. Like I said, if I saw, you know, Spider-Man standing here like this. <laughs> I would. I would. So all three probably get bigger than everybody else. He's like Grundy sized or something. Like yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. I, I I would definitely want that side of things to be different. I don't know why it can't be. I don't see why they wouldn't be able to do that stuff, but they haven't done that in the past. Right. So I get the trepidation about it. The track. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, look. I can tell you this, there's probably not going to be another Capcom Marvel game. It sure doesn't seem that way. That's yeah. Not, yeah, that's that's not happening. So when, I mean, when you're talking about the the Marvel scene, what we mean is the specifically the Marvel versus Capcom scene. Mm-hmm. That, we just have called it Marvel because that's been Marvel games for the last, again, quarter century. But that gameplay is probably stuck. Like, if that ever comes back, it's Capcom's going to do, like, Capcom versus Capcom or whatever, right? Like, it's probably not going to be... Marvel versus Capcom. So I don't, I, I don't, it doesn't feel to me like there would necessarily be, or maybe what I should say is it sh- there shouldn't be disappointment if it's, if Marvel is made by another game company and it's not the same, because it won't be the same. That's just, it will not be the same for sure. So I don't know. I, what you're, what you'd okay, be disappointed about okay is that it's not Marvel versus Capcom. It's just no, not no, Marvel. No, no, that, that's not true. That's not true at all. I'm okay with different. I'm super okay with different. If this game got if this got leaked and Arxis was making it, or if Iron Galaxy was making it, I would be losing my shit right now. I'd be like this this rumor has to be true. It's one hundred percent true. I can't wait. <laughs> I would be losing my mind. But it's NRS and I don't think they would do a good job. I think Arxis would kill it. I think Iron Galaxy would do a good enough job. I don't think NRS will. 
Yeah, I mean, when when this rumor, when we first heard it, you know, you saw what I said was the reason that I feel that this is false, this rumor is false, is that imagine being Marvel and taking a view of all the current fighting game developers out there and being like, which one would do the most justice to what I want my characters to look like? And not ending up on Arxis. Imagine not choosing Arxis yeah, for that. Like, it's I just mean, well, also, clearly the right answer. Yeah, but here's here's the other problem, too, is that we saw what happened with MVCI. You know, it's heavily assumed that Marvel was the one that pushed for the realism instead of the cartoon aspect. And then the, you know, they like the, 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 the more muted music and the dull gray tones and stuff like that. I mean, maybe that is what they're looking for, honestly. Maybe that is what they're looking for. Look, NRS will make a game that sells really well. I'll probably love it. I don't know if you guys will, but I'll probably have a blast. You and Kinder Party will have a blast. Oh, yeah, I would probably have a blast. And it would sell really well, and it would have sick one-player content, for sure. They've been doing that over the past several games. It would have good online play. It would have story mode that would be com you know compelling, interesting. It would do that stuff better than most, and that's all that. All, all those right. reasons are like a big part of why they do sell really well. Mortal Kombat sells great, Injustice sells great. There's a lot of there's a big proven track record there that I think would make a lot of sense if you are Marvel trying to just like have your game, have your IP be turned into a game that will actually sell well. Like think about recent examples: Marvel Infinite. Nope. Whatever the recent one was called, Avengers, right? The one that just completely yeah, flopped. Avengers game. Yeah, that. they've had a couple of flops, a couple of big time flops. They might well, go for something it's, with a proven track. It's not like Marvel Studios is out here picking. It's like these these studios are buying the rights to use the Marvel name. Well, they're That's selling, true. but Marvel's selling the rights. Right. Sure, but I don't think they're they're you know like hashing people out that that closely. Like I don't think they're like caring that much who buys the IP. As long as they haven't screwed up too horribly in the past. Or if they're a direct competitor, like Warner Brothers. I don't think they would sell to Warner Brothers, you know. Yeah. But it's from what I understand, it's like mostly people, companies offer X amount of dollars and Marvel just goes, okay. But I could be way wrong. I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm no expert in this stuff. Yeah. One thing I do want to mention, you know, when I say that I'm worried about, you know, if NRS made it, you know, it would be purely from a graphical standpoint, you know, as what David stated, you know, I'm sure that they would have just like the most amazing story mode and, you know, the gear stuff would also probably be really cool that they do for the Marvel games. And like I said, I feel like NRS has been killing a lot of the things that, you know, and I mean that positively, like they've been killing it, you know, with a lot of the one player content and a lot of the cool innovative ideas. I just would want someone else to do the animations and hope that, you know, if they did work on it, that they'd be willing to try something a little crazier with the, the, the gameplay. Like, as crazy as NRS games have been with, with you know, uh, gameplay, a lot of it is, you know, very teleporty kind of time and space kind of things like that. And, you know, I would love to see them do something more you know, high screen, air combo-y kind of thing like that. It would be really interesting to see if they tried to do something a little different. Um, sure. Well, I definitely believe in their development capabilities to make a good fighting game. Yeah. So I would be happy about it. But like, regardless, whether, if there's a new Marvel game, basically all the devs are like making good stuff. Even Capcom was dropping the ball for like a decade. They're doing great right now. So like, if this, if this Capcom made a Marvel game again, it'd probably be sick. Probably would be. Yeah, 
Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I'd be pretty open to whatever. Arxis would be great. IG would be awesome, although I don't think that's but happening. Man, but... Can you hey, uh, real quick, guys, uh, breaking news, the uh, Guilty Gear Strive beta second, the third, I get fourth, whatever it is, just got announced. Ooh, okay, we'll talk about that later on on game news. Please please keep that in mind in your little yeah, uh, I'll give folder you there. I was just thinking about it, though. What? Oh, God. Now, see, I'm. this is just like, oh, I'm hurting myself doing this, but it would be sick if Marvel got Arxis to do it, and instead of using their technology to reproduce anime, they use their technology to try to reproduce comic books. I'm like, telling you, why not? With like the line, it's, like it's just an art style. They can change yeah, that for sure, right? Like with the shading being lines, you know, like the like the ink lines in them. And oh god, like I'm just thinking about that, and all of a sudden my brain is just like, oh, it would be so pretty. It would Holy be crap. amazing, no doubt about it. <laughs> all right, let's move on to the next one here. Okay, esports certification, baby. All right, here's the news. <laughs> you don't ex sound excited, my friend. Here's the news, everybody. We are excited to announce the launch of Esports Certification Institute, a public benefit corporation created to foster professionalism, promote meritocracy, and increase diversity and inclusion in esports. ECI was created to give another path into esports for industry hopefuls. That's from a tweet that was put out by the Esports Certification Institute today that I hadn't heard about before, but it just kind of launched today. And essentially the idea of this is that they have a certification test that you can take. And the idea of that is to show that you understand esports so that when you then get try, or try to get hired in esports, you can show them, I have the certificate, so this shows you that like I know about esports. And this is in response to kind of the, a couple ideas. One is that it's hard to hire in a way in esports because there's no established like hiring pipeline in a way that many industries have built up over the years. There's just nothing like that in esports. It's it's been moving really fast. It's changing all the time. There's nothing like that really exists. So what happens is that people kind of hire like folks who they know or you just happen to get lucky. You just have, you just get a lucky hire. Somebody happens to take a look at your resume, or they happen to see a tweet that you put out, or like whatever it is. It's very happenstance. And another issue is that esports has a big problem with inclusion and diversity. I don't know if we've talked about this before. We talked about this before, maybe no. a billion <laughs> times. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's an issue, and it's an issue in the FGC, but like it's a big issue in especially other areas of esports. And one of the tweets here, well, one I just read and, and other stuff that's on their website says that part of what they're going for here is just to help build an actual meritocracy where it's not about who you know, because that could continue to create this kind of like everybody who gets hired is a white guy over and over again, which is kind of what's been happening. And if you just if you just have like the proof of like, hey, I know what's up, regardless of what your background is, I think their idea is that that would help get rid of these underlying problems. So that's a little bit about the, the news tier. Um, there's a lot more to read on it that I'm not going to get into entirely, but they do have, I think, a couple of things to say on this. One is that the test costs 400 bucks, which is, as they, as they point out, 
on the lower end of certifications in other industries. So take that for what you will. And then the another one is that they have a bunch of people in their advisory board who are good folks. I know some of them really well. Some of them are friends of mine. Some of them are from fighting games and Smash. And others are from like every other aspect. And it's it's a diverse-ish group for, you know, considering that it's esports. It's not like the most diverse group in the world, but like it's more diverse than some. <laughs> and so the Ooh. advisory board, I like a lot. I think that like might be my favorite part of this organization so far. But anyway, that's the news. Let's talk about it. What do you think? I think you should advise all your buddies to get off the board right now, David. I think this is very clearly a grift. I can't believe that they think charging $400 for a meaningless piece of paper is unifying anyone in esports. Uh, this shit's a joke, man. It's a joke. It's bad. I hate it. Well, what about what about it? I mean, okay. just explain well, a little bit more. Uh, most people that are trying to break into anything in America right now cannot afford an extra $400 out of their pocket. Uh, it's, it's, it's just, it's just helping the privileged raise themselves up more. Uh, I couldn't spend 400 bucks on this. Like, that's whack, you know? Like, I, I think, I think it's just diversifying, not diversifying, it's, it's dividing people more than it's unifying them, for sure. I mean, my main question that I'm going to pose to everybody is, if a Valorant player reports the following kills from their matches, 10, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 21, 22, 25, 26, 29, 35, 37, 38, what is the value of the third quartile of the data set? Is it A, 21.5, B, 26, C, 29, or D, 35? Holy shit. If you know how to answer that, you know esports. Let me tell you. <laughs> you are you are an esports expert if you can answer that question, guys. Look, the way that I stand on this right now is that the one thing that that, that is actually a question, I just want to point out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I'm reading that literally as one of the questions was from there. Um look, the legitimately what makes me sad is that esports is a modern industry. We're an industry that's created by youthful individuals, by people who have the ability to craft an entire industry from the ground up. We have the ability to set the rules how we want to set them. And the worst thing that everybody who gains any sort of power in esports tries to do is mimic already established industries. This is the number one uh, fault that I think that the esports industry is going towards, right? So every single time we try to do something, hey, let's copy sports. Hey, let's copy this. Let's, let's even name ourselves esports to sound as stupid as possible, right? And so the whole concept of certification is a gatekeeping method, right? It's it's a kind of way to force you into only being able to get certification if you're already in the industry and have a job and have a company that can pay for it. And you know, it's 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 a cost thing. And you know, the people who are on the board probably have very positive intentions of this because they want to make sure that they create a system 
by which people can get certified so you know you can hire them, etc., etc. And like I said, I feel like that they have good intentions, but they're doing it by copying something that already exists. And just because it already exists doesn't mean it's the right way to do it. They're just trying to find out, how does everybody else do it? Let's do it that way too, because obviously that's the right way for it to work. But you know, you sit here and you're like, I want to be Java certified. All right, here's $2,000. You know, I want to be, you know, uh, you know, MS this certified. I want to be that certified. It's always thousands of dollars. The whole entire thing is just this weird kind of gate kept method to really benefit those who already have an advantage by means. And we need to figure out a different way to do this. And this is the thing that disappoints me the most about esports in general is that every time I see the esports trying to grow, all they do is just copy what exists, not in a way that I think is beneficial to esports. We can do things so differently these days. You know, I, I mean, the company that I used to work for, when I first worked for them, they just didn't care about resumes. They didn't care about whether you had a PhD or whatever. They just checked to see if you were good. As the company got bigger and more and more corporate, we started leaning more on the resumes and all this stuff like that. And I got to tell you, the quality of people that I interviewed during the time of like the resumes and stuff like that were not as strong has the time of when we were just hiring people based off of you're pretty good let's do this you know like there's something to be said about creating this formal path to getting into this industry that actually in my opinion hinders creativity because you're just forcing everybody to answer questions like 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 uh, a player is practicing their accuracy and has a set target of 80% average accuracy in six games in their first five games they ever, like I feel like literally this was a question on another certification that they just decided to throw in fighting video yeah, game things they gamified it they esports it right so that's oh. the thing is like there's nothing about this that that is, is the right process we are in such a unique position that we can do everything brand new in, in our own way and it ups it makes me sad to always see that we're always trying to mimic existing things as opposed to you know really trying to establish different ways of doing things I think that's all very well said, dude. And yeah. I agree with much of it for sure. Yeah. When it comes to things like standardized tests, big colleges and universities are actually going away from that right now. The University of California system isn't going to be using SATs and ACTs like they were before. Oh, really? Because, yeah, because Ooh. they recognize that it has not actually led to a more meritocratic situation. In fact, it's part of why it's their gatekeeping tests yeah, essentially nice. and it has been known for a long time that they have like without without maybe even intentionally trying to be racist they have racist outcomes they ask questions that are things that people in certain socioeconomic groups will more likely know than others and it's just mm -hmm. that's just it has been self-perpetuating um so while they're moving away from that because it's not helped with inclusion and diversity i do think it's pretty weird that anybody in esports would try to like take the opposite path that what one group is moving away from after having tried it for like the last several decades <laughs> um, 
because and it hasn't worked. And then you try to do a similar thing. And in law, look, passing the bar exam was expensive. It was a thousand plus or something like that to take the test. And the testing, the uh, the study thing that I did for it was more than that. And it it required me to not be working. I had to just study full time. Like it was expensive. All that stuff means it's expensive. And I have to spend three to 500 bucks or whatever it is per year to maintain my bar license. Like it's it, the point of those things is to gatekeep. It's very explicit that mm. those are explicit gatekeeping measures. The idea being that like only people who are really knowledgeable should be people who are in here. But the other thing that you're doing is keeping people out who the people who run the bar may, maybe don't want, I don't know. I think that it could be done a lot better. Um, to, to be fair, the bar does have big discounts for people if you can show that you have a hardship like they do they do take that seriously well they do it anyway i don't know how seriously they, they take it and this group also says that they're going to do that they also say that people who have economic hardships can take the test and they'll work with you and whatever um so again i yeah. you know i i know i know some of the people involved i don't want to jump to there being like negative right. and intentions you know i i, I, I I'm not saying that you said that, James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's what, I just want to make sure that that's established for sure that, you know, yeah. that I, like I said, I think they all have the right intentions. That's all, so. Like, as, as somebody who, um, I said this on Twitter, I basically got into Berkeley and Georgetown and UCLA because I'm really good at test taking. <laughs> like, I can tell you it wasn't because I did homework regularly. Like, it wasn't <laughs> because I had great grades. <laughs> that's, like, honestly. Um, I, I, w I was just a really good test taker. And <sighs> that's, that's like a certain kind of intelligence, but like it's other kinds of intelligence are like people who do work really hard or who just don't, the, the, the adrenaline of those moments that I feel helps me do better makes them not do as well. And they're right. bad test takers, even though they're super smart people. And e even, even more than that, I knew plenty of people who I thought were super smart, who didn't have the time and resources to just study. I did, to be honest. I mean, my family had the money. I could, I could do it. I was able to sit at home for several months studying for the bar exam and studying for the LSAT. Like, I, those are not common things. They're things that I'm lucky enough to have. So, those tests helped me out. But also, those tests are designed to help me out. Like, those, like <laughs> I'm the person that they're designed to help. Like, the like middle to upper class white man. Right. <laughs> That's like I'm the guy. So. I, and and those are not things that I want to keep. I don't want to perpetuate that right. stuff. Like, I don't want that to happen in esports. I don't want it to happen in larger life either. It's so interesting because you know what you said, you know, is so true. Test taking is its own skill. Test taking yeah. is not testing your knowledge on stuff. Test taking is testing your ability to take tests. I still remember in my physics class, I didn't do so well at first. And then I figured out a way that I could do super well on all of the tests. And I didn't learn a damn thing from that class. <laughs> I actually yeah. memorized every formula from the chapters that we were studying. And as soon as they said, go, I turned my paper around and I wrote every formula on the back of my paper. So I didn't have to have it in my head anymore. 
After that, I just went to the question. I didn't read the question. I just looked at every number and variable and they said the length of this or the force of this and I just wrote every this equals this, this equals this. And then I looked at my formulas and I plugged everything in until there was only one number that was unknown and I wrote that down as the answer. And I got like an A on that test. I like almost aced that test. I don't even know what the question said. You know what I mean? Like literally I have no idea what the question said. And like you said, taking a test is a skill. And that's like crazy, dude. Like it's, it's when you said that, it's just like, it's so true. You're good at test taking, you know, like dude, that. It was obvious to me from early on. Yeah. Cause I, I had friends who I felt were at, probably smarter than me. And we would, we would both take some standardized test in middle school or whatever. And I would come out killing it. <laughs> and they they would completely take a dump on it. Like I it was clear to me from early on. Anyway, this is not something that I wanna I wanna perpetuate any more than needs to happen. And like I said, I'm happy that colleges and universities are moving away from that model. When it comes to in school test taking, like I'm sure that's still gonna take tests probably. I don't know that you get rid of that entirely, but when it comes to these big standardized tests, beginning to move away. Good. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that to happen in esports i don't want that to come in 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 this community and there's there's even a question and you know john's saying in the chat and i totally agree there's nothing to say that if if a black person has the esports certification and a white person has the esports certification that you're not going to hire the white guy anyway right Right. like this it's not it's not the path to having a meritocracy if the if the sat did that 30 years ago, we would have been there. Like, it just doesn't work like that. You still hire the people who you wanted to hire anyway. So I, I don't I don't see it as being very effective. And I could imagine a way in which it would be harmful to this idea of having a more inclusive, more diverse group in esports. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised at some of the people who are involved with this. I don't know how closely any of them are actually involved with it, but... Um, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try to keep an open mind and see what they have to say and see what they're gonna be doing on it. And but I, I, I'd see, I'm very skeptical, but I, I I'll try to stay open minded. I guess. Yeah, I'd have an open mind if it was free. That's about it. Yeah. So I mean, just for me, I just don't see how the esports certification would have helped us find Spooky. I don't see how the esports certification would have helped us find Mondo. You know, I, I don't see how the esports certification would have helped us find Tasty Steve. I don't see how it would have helped us find Hanzo Gonzo. And like, these are right. all super important people or yipes. Yeah, exactly. And so- well, Yeah, I mean, even, even more than that, Larry, Biggie, I mean, Tom Baye, Tony, maybe. I, no, Tom, Tom yeah, and Tony. I mean, maybe not those guys, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> many of these people for sure. <laughs> But yeah, that's the main, that's the main thing for me. So yeah, dude, I'm definitely on board with that. You know, for a fact, I never did homework. How dare you? How dare you? (laughs) You probably never told him, but he probably just made the assumption (laughs) correctly. How dare you? (laughs) Uh, I used to show up to English class in senior year, not having read the book at all. And Mm -hmm. there was a, there was one time my teacher knew this she asked me to recite like the end of the book. She was like, all right, David, how's the book end? And I was like, oh, well, what happened was, and, uh, 
so so there he was and and he and the other character and i'm just rambling for probably two minutes like that and it got so uncomfortable that one of my buddies was like, I think what David means to say is that he died this way. And I was like, e exactly. That's what I'm trying to say all along. <laughs> and my, my teacher got so mad. Uh, I was such a, I mean, when I was in school, like, I was I was always that kid who tried to do all the homework assignments. I was really good. My teachers loved me and stuff like that. And I still remember there was one class where you know, the teacher knew I was just doing so well in the class. She always checked to make sure everybody did their homework. So she walked by at the beginning of the class, show me your homework. She wouldn't check you down. And then she would go over the homework and answer all the questions for people. All she really cared was that you did the homework. One day I accidentally left my homework assignment at home. And when she got to my desk, I was like, oh crap, uh, it's here somewhere. I'll show it to you after class. And she was like, okay, no problem. And she walked back and did the whole entire thing. And during the class, I did the homework I, a second time just so I could have it and make sure I got the check mark. And I walked up to the teacher at the end of the class. And I was like, I found it. Here it is. She didn't even look up from her desk. She was like, okay, thank you. Like, she just didn't care. She knew. <laughs> well, she knew. She knew. I'm telling, telling on you, James. I'm going to find your teacher. Uh, let her know. Man. You know, my teachers love me for They love me for being uh, punctual and on time. And look at that. We're right out of time. Time to bring on our boy, Kitana Prime. Nice work. Nicely done. Nice okay. work. Oh. Somebody's been studying segues lately. Listen, man, I was a fucking Segway King before Sejam was even Sejam. All right, he was Steve back then. <laughs> Steve God. back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, all right, all right. So we're going to have Katana Prime on. Do you want to take a break first? Yeah, let's take a quick break and get Katana Prime, Mr. Bryant, into the uh, voice chat. And then we'll be right back with uh, his thoughts on all sorts of things that you can see. Okay. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Tuesday show. Let's just jump right into it. Let's bring on our guest, the inimitable Katana Prime. How are you doing, sir? Wow, wow that, that is a very good word. Oh, I actually watched watch the James Sensei. You know what's crazy? I actually do because for whatever reason. Hang on a second, um, YouTube, KP. Hang on a second. Yeah, yeah. Mute your OBS Ninja real quick. It should, it should be, be uh, unless it's, it's not. not. Okay. There you go. <laughs> there we go. All right. So get them out of there. Um, the YouTube algorithm, for whatever reason, maybe like a month ago, right? I was just scrolling, and then a random Tetris tournament popped up. I watched it, and then I watched more because that's what it does. And then all of a sudden, it's 3 a.m., and I'm like, what the fuck? Why is James here? And <laughs> I've been James watching here? you, like, all the Tetris World Championships for, like, the past three years. Just to see, like, all right, let me see. Is James really, he got those? And you do. So, <laughs> thank you. And, yeah, now I'm here. Excuse you, James has been on ESPN for Tetris World for Tour Tetris. commentary, okay? I, I, was, I was there, too. ESPN. <laughs> I was on ESPN, well, too. Hello? It wasn't Tetris. But not for but, Tetris. Yeah, but not for Tetris. Nah, nah, yeah. Hey, I, I still got some climbing to do, but go look, ahead. <laughs> all I'm going to say is because of Tetris on ESPN, I had a conversation with Ming-Na Wen on Twitter, and she follows me now. So, you know, I'm just saying. I'm just Are saying. Are we flexing? No one, no one else but you and I know who God that is. follows? 
Oh my god. Actually, you gotta um, let the people know who that is, Jake. I'm actually Googling right now. Dude, oh my god. Uh, Ming Tuba, do you have any god follows? Voice no, of I, I, Voice I, I, of I Mulan. Voice of Mulan and uh Agent May in uh yeah, yeah, yeah. In, oh my uh, god. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Fennec Shand from uh, The Mandalorian. Come on, come on. I think okay, I might have to I have to delete my Twitter, bro. I, I don't think <laughs> Chun I can Lee. That. Chun Lee from the Street Fighter movie. There you go. That's the one everybody knows. That's her not, yeah, that's, nobody wants to remember that. <laughs> All right, so we brought on Katana Prime here to <laughs> talk with him about a bunch of things. Whatever. Whatever it is. Well, what I like to do at the beginning of these things is just ask you about like your origin story in the FGC. When did you get involved? Oh How my God. <laughs> when did that happen? So this is wonderful. Why? This is wonderful. All right. So it was random. I was, I just love video games as a whole. Right. And one day I'll never forget it. I was on a random like IGN article and Eva was coming around and they were talking about street fighter four. And this is 2012. Because uh, I'm not even an 0-9-er. And they were replaying the Daigo versus Justin Wong's because that was back-to-back -back grand finals for Street mm -hmm. Fighter 4 when it first dropped. And I was like, oh, shit, cool. Street Fighter, I remember this. Like, I played this loosely as a kid. Let me watch this. So I watched it because it was a recap of them two. And I watched the grand finals over and over again. And I didn't understand neutral footsies, none of that. And, you know, Ryu mirrors and just Hadoukens and low forwards and all that. <laughs> and... I did the worst thing you could ever do, and that was read the YouTube comments. And people were like, what is this? They're just spamming. Oh, my cousin can beat them. And this is fireball, fireball, <laughs> fireball. So me being smart, I say, okay, because I saw the picture of Evo. You see all the people in the back, people sitting on the floor. I initially thought that Justin and Daigo beat literally everybody in the room. So I was like, what is it about the way that these two throw fireballs that makes them better than everyone? So I try to study as much as I could. And I, I just, I, I couldn't get it, but I knew I liked what I was watching. Huh. So I said, damn, you know what? Uh, you know, I get Street Fighter or whatever have you. And I actually could have been a Street Fighter guy, but I did the worst thing you could do as a beginner with no knowledge of shortcuts, tech, nothing. I picked Viper and <laughs> I just was so completely lost and it was so hard to get into. The trials didn't help. Nothing end game. I didn't know about SRK or any resources. It was just so daunting to somebody new that it pushed me away. Mm -hmm. And I said to myself, well, damn, my favorite game growing up was Mortal Kombat. I played all of them. I wonder if they have tournaments for stuff like this. So type it in Mortal Kombat tournament. And lo and behold, I get power up 2011 grand finals on Team Spooky, Perfect <laughs> Legend versus Tom Brady. And I watched that match. I, I just, I... I saw the different juggle combos because at this time I'm just doing string into string into highest damaging ender because I thought, hey, this is what they're doing. I didn't know about restands and plus frames and all of that. And I saw that match and it straight up changed my whole life. I was like, there is no way that, like, how do they play the game like this? So uh, this happens to be in like June. And as you know, I live in Florida. What majors in June in Florida? It's CEO. So <laughs> I was actually attending college at the time, and the last bit of money I had for whatever financial aid I needed, instead of getting the books and the supplies I needed, I took that money and went to CEO 2012. And <laughs> oh, stay in school, is, kids. Stay in husband. school, kids. Yep. No. Be no. like Katana Prime. Best that was decision. the best decision of his life. So uh, it was just five crazy cut. day. We were supposed to go up. His car breaks down or whatever, like the day before. And then I'm like, 
now I don't have a ride, I don't know what I'm going to do. Because we're going to sleep in his car. Like, I have money for a hotel, none of that. I didn't care. I just wanted to be around other people <laughs> who played the game. Because, like, back in my neighborhood, like, I'm from the projects and all that. When MK9 came out, everybody played with me. And then, like, two weeks, I was too good. And they never played with me again. Because, like, they're just mashing. And, oh, I'll only play you if you put on a no-blocking code. And stuff like that. <laughs> and it's like, no way. So, I do the unthinkable. I make an account on TYM, <laughs> and uh, I go in a dead Florida region uh, forum that was dead for like four months, and I said, you know what, fuck this, I gotta try to contact somebody, so I, I just throw a Hail Mary in there, and Isaac from Tampa, never forget, he responded, and he goes, oh, where are you from? I said, yo, I'm down in the Miami area, you know, I'm all the way down south, and he goes, okay, these are the people close to you. And I end up talking to Jose, uh, also known as some Cuban guy. He's not around anymore, but that's our boy. And then he points me to Newbie. I speak to Newbie. He goes, yo, where do you live? I say, I'm down here. He said, oh, I got to pick up this part for my car. Meet me here. You can ride with me and my girl up to Orlando. I, I don't know this man. He was just that nice, that open, just trying to build the scene. I ride up. We talk. In my head, I'm thinking I'm nice. You know, I'm the online dude. Like, oh, I got to be at least the best in Dade County. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so before we go, he's like, yo, if you want to stop, we can stop in my apartment and play a little bit before we go up. We did. We played like 100 games. He beat me like 70 to 30. And I'm in my head, I'm like, wow, I'm trash. Who do I think I am? Bum, bum, bum. And then he goes, you did way better than I thought you would. Right, yeah. Of like, course. <laughs> you just actually murdered like him. You know, I don't know frame data, anything yeah. like that. So I'm mashing, right? And MK9, Katana's uh, down one was super, it had the most distance in the game and it was six frames. It was crazy. It was minus 15, but we, we don't talk about that. And um, <laughs> he would keep, he would hit me with Cyrax's down four, which was plus 20. And then I'd always get hit by the follow-up. And he's like, yo, why are you pressing Rams? And I was like, cause I want to, like I have this move. Yeah, I want to. And he was like, you can't. And I was like, yes, I can look. And he's like, no, 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 like, I'm plus like 20. Yeah. And I'm like, what does that mean? So he broke down the basis of frame data to me. And I'm a math guy. So, like, I, I was completely, it was a whole new world. And I was like, wow, so I can't do anything right here. And he's like, no. And he's playing Cyrax, so I die in one touch because, you know, 90% guaranteed reset. Right. And my whole world was turned up. So we went to CEO. Um... We were in the back corner, you know, it was MK9 days, right next to Tekken 6 and Soul Calibur 5. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just all the way in the corner. And I just remember, like, watching, because I think Tokido won Marvel at that one. That was crazy. Yeah, 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 so yeah. the first time I saw that, and I was like, wow. And then I saw two people that changed everything for me. The first one was Chris G. Chris mm -hmm. G entered every single game that was there and got top eight or, like, ninth. And I was like, nobody else was doing that. How can somebody be so good at everything? And I was like amazed. And then second was Mike Ross. I saw him and I saw a charismatic dude who I saw him on commentary. Then I saw him playing and he got fourth at that, at that fourth, yeah, whatever, at that CEO, I believe. <laughs> and I saw all these people around him and I was like, wow. Like, that's the person that I am. I, I pride myself in versatility, so I do everything. And I'm like, well, I can feel at home in this space. So I was immediately, like, helping the TOs with the brackets and remembering names and faces and trying to meet as many people as I can. All of Florida, Newbie introduced me to everybody. I got up with Trey Pound, who was, you know, 
and then I saw Maxter, and, and I was afraid to talk to people. I was really shy, believe it or not. But Maxter, the coolest dude ever, he saw that I was afraid to, you know, talk, and he asked me if I wanted to play. So I knew that the top players of, of that time, you know, also had that responsibility. So I knew, uh, which is why I named myself Katana Prime, I'd have to be the best, but I'd be one of the best. It's a race, like Optimus, Transformers, that's where it comes from. Yeah. And um, if I ever got there, that I would do the same thing when it was my turn. So everything at CEO 2012, just like, wow. it just changed everything. Um, I also thought that every tournament would be like CEO, but... <laughs> <laughs> I learned quickly that it wasn't. Um, I also got cursed as a gatekeeper because I got ninth. That was my first tournament ever. I got ninth. And beat this. I lost to Newbie, the man I met the day before. Twice. Game Game is trash. And then my first match at losers, the dude who who helped me find it, Isaac, he was my first match at losers, and I eliminated him. It was there's you you can't ride it. it. It was so much. Oh. And and that's just on the surface with me. I got stories from Brady, from from Rio, all the people I met. It was just a wonderful experience, and I knew I was hooked, and I could not wait to go to my next one. But you know, money it was tough, so I didn't go to anything until the next year. But that's just how it went, man. I got online. I do what everybody does. You join the clan first, then you get your first fake sponsor, then you get a real one, and then you know you know the cycle. That's how it goes. That next tournament was Winter Brawl 2013. I met Sonic, I met Kerbo, I met Tyrant, I met all the, the people from around, and it was my first time leaving the state, like, in my life. Um, outside of when I went to, like, Cali when I was eight, but, you know, I was visiting an uncle. And it was just, it was insane to see all the games, the hype, just the practicing, playing with people offline, and being in a hotel with thousands of people who all share yeah. a common interest that I had nobody in my life up until that point it was it was insane you know it's kind of wild as i'm sitting here like man you've only been around since 2012 yep this shit That's was it. already nine years ago correct yeah, that was like, a long that time that was ago. a long time ago already bro uh, i played five man. nrs games competitively help <laughs> i'm just i'm just gonna say this I, i'm kind of upset because you know you know yeah. uh kp that i've said that you're like one of my favorite commentators of all time and I, appreciate that. I, I think you're also just like you you know you've got you're a beautiful man you got a beautiful family i've Thank told you. you that on facebook yes. and everything like that Woo! and now now you, oh, now you have one of the greatest origin stories ever man like you're just like a perfect human being and you you disgust uh, me and i hate you dude <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that i need more people that that's what happened to me right like it, it's like i started to deteriorate in gameplay because too many people like me now like when I felt I had to prove something, you know, like I was still good in KX and Justice 2. I was good for like year one of MK11. Now I just don't even compete. I just play for fun. I'm playing Street Fighter now. Like it's fine. And I play Cami, so people will hate me. Yes. Um, but it, yeah, man, it, it really, I'm definitely not a perfect person. That's for sure. I am uh, very, very straightforward, very direct, very real. Sometimes it can be too much for people. Um, but I, I just like to leave no... Like, what you see with me is what you get. And if you ask me a question, I'm going to give you a straight answer, no matter how, you know, it, it, it's going to come off. I just want to make sure that when you're talking to me, you always know what my intentions are. And if you have a problem with me or an issue or something, you didn't like something I said, or if you felt a way, like, approach me. That That's all I ever ask. Just talk to me. And James, you know, we've had very real conversations oh, yeah. in, in real life all the time. It's, it, it just is. So, yeah, it, it really is. I, I just, I... 
fighting games, man. <laughs> I, I watched, yo, my first tournament, I watched the Yipes entrance with Dominion holding the stick. That's like, how can you not fall in love with this? I, I, I oh my God. It was, it, it was not fair. Oh, another thing too that, that was crazy. It was Kayane's birthday that weekend because again, Soul Calibur, she was right behind us and I'm just a regular dude at the time. So here I am, I see Kayane and Kayane is beautiful. We, you know, and I'm like, okay. Why is like nobody here? And I saw like 40 people across the room, like surrounding one person. And I'm like, it must be like Beyonce or something like that. And I go over there, you know who it was? It was Daigo. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. Basically, Daigo, Beyonce, yeah. Yeah, Daigo had like a crowd of like 40 Daigo. dudes like following him. And I just didn't understand it at the time. Why, <laughs> you know, but I, I, I eventually got it. It was unreal. I will never forget that because Kayani doesn't remember the, one, one of my first conversations because Soul Calibur was right behind us. And I was like, oh, my God, who is this? And then um, she was playing like viola and then she was broke. And uh, it was brief because when I tried to, again, Tekken 6 was right next to us. And then playing Tekken 6 right behind us was Poke Chop. And I heard him for the first time. <laughs> And he reminded you me met of everybody people. at the same Yeah, wow. he reminded me of people back home. Because yeah. some of my people are like that. And mm -hmm. when Pochop is talking, you can't hear anything else. Nothing else matters. <laughs> so I started watching Tekken because I never really played Tekken growing up. But to watch it, it, it was just, man, something was happening at every moment that event for me. And it couldn't have been a better first one. Man. Um, I'm glad that it kept you in, dude. That's a oh, super yeah. cool origin story. So yes. you were okay. you're playing you're competing for a while, um, but throughout that time, as you said, even in that first event, you were already doing some of the bracket running and stuff. Yes. At, at one point, did the other things in the FGC become as important to you as actually playing and competing as well? So uh, it's just who I am as a man. Um, y'all have been around, so y'all know uh, everything that people say about the NRS scene is definitely not just. From left field, it rings true. And in the MK9, and just as one time, there was a lot of complaining about a lot of things <laughs> within the scene. People would go to a tournament, have issues, wait till we go home, and then get on Twitter or the forums and blast the TO. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like that. People would talk about how the commentary was bad or how the tournament was ran late. So, and one of those threads, um, I saw like Big E jump in and Big E straight up said, if you have a problem or if anything is going wrong at my tournament and you're there, come find me. So I said, okay. So when I went to NEC for the first time, I walked up to Big E uh, with Nubia, of course, because you know, these two cocky motherfuckers, I'm real skinny, you know. <laughs> yeah. they, they're like, they're locking arms and doing like big man stuff. And I'm like waiting for it to finish. And um, I said, E, you know, I heard you said this. People complain about this. I just want to let you know, like, I'm KP. I'm willing to help or whatever. You know, you ain't even got to pay me or nothing. I'm not even thinking like that at the time. So if something happened, I reached out. I I'm really good with names. So I knew all the players. I hear somebody calling for somebody, looking for somebody. I grab them. Bang, 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 bang. And Big E respected that. So every time I go to his events, we see each other on, like, that Thursday, you know, setting up and everything. Yeah. Give me the nod. I say, E. We good on staff. You got what you need. Oh, if he can use this, I'm there. If not, boom. Same thing with Larry. Same thing with Jabaley. Um, same thing with everybody. That's actually how I got my big thing. CEO 2014, I believe it was. Because, you know, Rick works the staff. 
Mm-hmm. I was just grinding, helping everybody. And uh, that whole weekend, I didn't realize just how serious that staff is to Rick Tabilio. They watch people who who volunteer and do all of that. Rick and Mikey uh, Rivera saw me and pulled me aside on that Sunday and said, yo, we like what you're doing. Keep doing it. How would you like to work this, this and that event? And I just did this everywhere. When Vandy called hmm. for KIT, uh, Guido used to work in CEO, moved right. to Tennessee. So when I went there, he already knew I was good. Uh, Valle, every tournament I went to, I made it my job to holler at the TO or whoever they appointed for NRS games to let me help. And then on the commentary side, um, people complained all the time. And then I heard the classic, oh, well, if XYZ is running the tournament, they just let anybody on commentary. So I went to those tournaments and I sat next to the <laughs> t- I sat next to the commentary. You were you were a vulture. You were oh, one yeah. of those guys. Stream oh, vultures, yeah. I yep. sat next to the stream. Yeah. Because all the other commentators, including David and uh, James Chan, because I don't even know if I told you this. When I first came into the game, David is my favorite, period. Period. Aww, I you. watched David, and I was like, this. This is it right here. Uh, you're not my favorite, favorite, favorite commentator work. anymore, KP. You're <laughs> not my favorite. <laughs> okay. I just tell the truth. All right? It, it changed over time. Shout out Lee Chung. Lee Chung was my favorite by the end. I, yeah. it, that's my man. So anyway, um, so they would always say, look, if you want to get into commentary, just try it. Start with a local or whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, well, damn, I can't get on because they keep hiring people at these events. But not every event is the same. So I went to the events where they had opportunity. As soon as, like, Shock would say, yo, I need a commentator. Yo, I'm right here. <laughs> so PFC 2013 and Justice One, I was there. It was my first time getting on the mic. I was trash. And I knew it. But I also knew that after doing that, because I was with Chaotic. He was a Killer Frost player from uh, Maryland. Mm-hmm. It's long gone now. But, um... I was trying to make it something, but that's the worst thing you can do as a commentator. You have to be natural to yourself, yep. and either people mm-hmm. are gonna rock with you or they won't. Yeah. And I I knew that because standing on stages is nothing to me. As debate team, spelling bees, uh, public, <laughs> all anything. They had me reading stories to the kindergartners when I was in first grade. Like this is a uh, stage is nothing to me, right? So I kept going, <laughs> kept going, and then. By like twenty end of twenty fourteen, like I knew I had it, and I just needed to keep building because I didn't know like anybody. Because no matter what you, I don't care how talented you are, you got to know somebody. That's just facts. Feel however you want about it. You have to know people. And um, then and by by the time MKX rolled around in twenty fifteen, we had locals going. Florida's local was ridiculous. Um, I had a good rapport with every TO except for Bailey. I still hadn't worked a CEO event <laughs> three, four years in. I'm going to all the monthlies. And then one day, uh, he was editing up the footage from a monthly, and he actually listened to the MKX. And he, he goes in the Florida group, and he goes, yo, who is this on commentary? Is this KP? And they're like, yeah. He's like, what the fuck? This is so good. And they're like, yeah, where have you been? And then he goes, okay, um, let me introduce this guy. This is, this is Chris Seglia. All right, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. We'll see if we can find a slot for you on CEO, like pools or something. I said, cool. That's all I need is a foot in the door. Because <laughs> at this time, this is this is uh, Tom Brady's, you know, Maximilian was there. Like all these people who just, you know, I, I'm not even in the realm. Uh, I'm still competing. And, and now I'm organizing like head TOing events. I'm trying to do all this at once. And I got my foot in that door. Chris liked what he heard. He said, okay, um, if you show me this, this, and this, see me here. And I did that, you know, and I really like Chris because he's just straight up men of his word. Got the call there, Vandy. I got the call from Rick. 
and I got the call straight up from from NRS when you know after after ESL because ESL had already did their own thing and the budgets and all that. So all the West Coast guys, you know, I understand that now. Then I was hating. Damn, bro, they couldn't hire me. But then I really, everybody <laughs> in the backyard, they don't have to pay anything. You know, you just walk there. Yeah. And then it was Pro Series, and then it was E League, and then it was chasing the cup for Machinima, which is still oh. the the most viewed esports thing on network television. No matter how bad it was, I was a star of that. Um. It's just so much. Then I'm, I'm doing Dragon Ball at the beginning. You know, me and Tasty Steve killed it at final round. They had blogs everywhere. They were talking about the commentary and like not FGC spaces. And then once the Pro Tour happened, like the World Tour happened, I got cooked because you know, whatever. They took that shit to Singapore and I, I didn't go out there. <laughs> uh, I didn't even have a passport at the time. So there's that. And I worked Soul Calibur the whole way. And I just, I realized that I just, I loved commentary more than anything because it's, it's what I'm the best at. But I'm still good enough to like gate. Like I'll get top 16 at Combo Breaker with 1,100 people. I'm not supposed to, you know? Like I'll get 17th at EVO with 1,500 people. Uh, like I'm always contending. So it's like hard to pull away completely. And, and I, it's just, it's Can't so much. But it all started because people spirit. were complaining. And instead of complaining, I just wanted to make the difference. Yeah. See, that's the important thing. My main question is, when you first spoke to Seglia, though, uh, did you present him with your eSports certification uh, document? <laughs> no, actually, I, I didn't get much. It was at an event. Seglia was moving. As you know, Seglia moves. He walked up. Oh, this is the kid. All right, look, I'm going to do this. Da, 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 bum, bum. It was 10 seconds. That was that. And I was like, all right, that's, that's all I need. I was in my position. I did what I had to do. He gave me another 10 seconds right after. I'll see you at the next one. This keeps up. <laughs> Eventually, you can get to Evo. Then I got to Evo. You know, I commentated the top eight at NRS at Evo on a finals day. Like, that That was bucket list. Boom, I could knock that off. I did, like, I, you know, it just keep going. He did tell me one day. Never forget it. I wish you did more games. Now I'm doing more games, yeah. man. Let's, let's, let's get there. <laughs> let's get there, man. Let's have a conversation again. <laughs> Yeah, well, that that is part of what I wanted to talk about. I mean, you're you are, as you said, somebody who's been in the NRS scene in particular. MK was your favorite game back in the day. Like, although you played Street Fighter, you're definitely known for MK. Uh, well, for NRS games in general, but you've been doing commentary for other stuff, and you're just saying that you're playing Street Fighter now. So, what what are your plans, and and what are you trying to do? Man, uh, right now I just want to enjoy fighting games again. Past two mm. months, I kind of. I, I don't know. I just I haven't played MK at all. I'm just turned off. Maybe I'm just not happy with with some of the mechanics, the way the game plays. So instead of complaining or trying to tell people what to do, I just don't play the game. What about yeah. that? <laughs> um, I have fun like loosely playing Ki. Like that's fun. Um, yeah. But that's more so because I like I like all those guys over there. Like community really makes a difference. Yeah. NRS community is kind of ass right now. Uh, I'm not gonna hold you. It's just the worst it's ever been. And that turns yeah? me off a lot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it, it turns me off a lot, uh, more so than the game itself, because I really think MK11. It has its things, but it, it's really solid. We're, we're talking a few tweaks from, you know, really being something, mm -hmm. but whether or not that'll happen, it doesn't matter. Um, I just, you know, I, I just said, let me try Street Fighter because it's here. It was on sale the other day, uh, watching the CPT Japan one, because I always watch the CPT mm. events. It, it's just sick. Like. I understand how good high-level Street Fighter is, and it, it's like, bro, like, just being around Punk 2 for all these years now, Ugh. man, like, it, it's so, like, no matter what, no matter how you could, and no matter how many games you sell, no matter what, like, Street Fighter just somehow always remains king, and you have to be tuned in, and 
I enjoy it. It's really fun. So whether or not I'll get into commentary, I mean, that's something, you know, Capcom has established a lot of people, but I will say that St. Cola is very, very inspiring. There's a man who just did his thing and worked and worked and worked and got the call. And why I don't feel like I don't feel like I'm at the bottom of you know anything or whatever whatever I do understand it will take time if I wanted to get there but I guess we'll see right now I'm just trying to if you got MK stuff you got Soul Calibur stuff you got whatever honestly I'll throw my hat in the bucket do a local here or there and, and try to work at it I mean I did one thing at uh, KIT a couple years ago they had the Punk and Mena exhibition it was like a first of seven I did that whole thing uh, that was the same night we did the Sonic and uh, Cloud exhibition for Infinite. That's when I sweet chinned mm. uh, your boy, Hell Pockets. Uh, no, not Hell Pockets. It was um, some brown kid, SBK. The face, that was great. Um, <laughs> you know, here and there, I- I'll dabble. But for now, I just want to just wanna play and get a better understanding first. Because one thing I- I'll never do is disrespect the scene. I, I don't, I don't want to yes. do that. Mm-hmm. Just because mm-hmm. I'm KP and I can get on the mic here or there, I, I don't want to. Yes. Nah, because people can feel that, you know? Yeah. I mean, one of the things on my bucket list, honestly, is to commentate like a Soul Calibur top eight with you at one point in time, Great. dude. Like, because I think that would be super awesome. But well, that's because you already got your other bucket list of commentating <laughs> with me. That's true. It's true. That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> I think. I think if I ever did something with Tubo, uh, something else, it, it's got to be like an after where I was. You know, I'm, I'm no. You guys are going to be doing the NRS. Yeah, yeah NRS Marvel. Marvel. Game. You guys oh, Marvel. <laughs> That's the crossover here. After hours, go. All right, it'll be after hours. It'll be like Florida versus Midwest, because I know oh, how you roll. Geez. And we'll we'll figure it out. It's to do it somewhere. <laughs> CEO in the cage. Uh, you know, combo breaker in the corner. You know, Rika, give us a stage, I'm sure, if the hype is worth it. And uh, yeah, James, we definitely had a chance, man, because before pandemic, bro, I did Soul Calibur Top 8s with everybody. They mm-hmm. were literally saying, yo, pick your co-commentator. So I used that opportunity to put Alicia on for the right. first time. You know, get another woman in there, let her get a few. She was real nervous. I said, no, yeah. you do this and blossom, right? Pull boom in there. I've done stuff with you, man. I've done stuff with I got Zubat. Like, the We Play people hit me up. And it was like, yo, I said, look, I'm having a baby. I'm not coming. But <laughs> bang, 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 bang. And then I saw Zubaz over there. Like, you know, yeah. um, Enders was almost in there. But he got body by passport. And yeah. I just, all I've ever wanted to do is just give opportunity where I can. Because nobody could ever say KP stepped on their toes. And yeah, man, for sure, James. It's it's, it's we're doing it. It, One of these it will happen, bro. Because yeah. me and you, we're not going anywhere. We're gonna be eighty <laughs> playing fighting games, bro. It's, yeah. That's it. That's definitely right. And sure. when you do that, you might be a grandparent by that point. You have a little oh, baby. Yeah. You got it. You got it. You got a whole family at this point. Yeah. How's everybody doing? Uh, you know, things are, are definitely much harder on my wife, uh, women. I, I honestly, just through the power of life and, and like giving it, I don't see how people like can grow up and hate women like you're fucking idiots. Like, <laughs> I, I really don't understand how you could do this because like we need them. And um, I'm just, he gave me the, the most beautiful little boy ever. Um, your boy got lucky, you know, uh, you, you always told to marry up. And my wife is ridiculous. <laughs> so there's that, you know, I, I got the, the, the gene pulled down and for all my calm and uh, nonchalance and, and passiveness, she got the petty, fiery, all that. So we can get a good mix. And then, uh, and he told me I can call him this Uncle Sonic Fox is going to raise my child to the next, to the next fucking Daigo. <laughs> so, 
the dream is 20 years from now or less is to commentate my son winning a major. That would be insane. No. I would go chill. Me and Valle going to be on, on, in Cali somewhere on the beach laughing at the next generation still getting beat by us. It's going to be amazing. God, I still, I think, I still remember in basketball, I think that actually happened. I think it was like Doug Collins or something like that yeah. ended up commentating his son winning something. And yeah, it was like such an emotional moment. And I think oh, emotional. Sam. Oh my God, please. I would be, I would literally be James Chen on the mic out here. Like, <laughs> I would be tearing up. Oh man. Yeah. Have dude. I teared up on commentary before? I have. I did when oh, Super Noon yeah. got top eight. Yes, for Dragon Ball Evo. I oh, did. God, the camera didn't catch it because I wiped it before it came. Yeah, but man, it, it was more about the camaraderie when he won to see Dude. all the the the, the American yeah. Dragon Ball players swarm him because I know how hard that was. <laughs> Dude, you, you don't really that, get that. It's insane. That moment, still every time I watch that. I can hear it in your voice and Ooh, you said it, yes. right? It's it's about yes. being genuine, yes. right? It's like you can't feel it. When you say it and you mean it, it just comes out that way. Every time I hear you doing that commentary for Super Noon, like I'm tearing up right now just thinking about it. Like I get I, I love super that, bro. emotional. This is why we play the game. Right. The exactly. Is, when when you talk esports, right? It, sure, everything's super hard, but at the end of the day, it's like when you look at league or Dota, you look at TI or, or major or something, you see us go, whatever. These are all teams that are in a league, right? Like these are established people. You have to do whatever to get there and then have a chance to play. Fighting games are wide open. Joe Schmo can wake up tomorrow, become God. Well, he can't, but theoretically he could. And then just show up and wipe the floor, you know? We were just celebrating Blase Blas, Sonic, bum, 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 bum. Here comes Ninja Killer. Wait, who is this kid? And then... You know, whoever from wherever, like the story of a fighting game is always wide open because you do not know what is going to happen. And to just watch that, like, man, it, anytime somebody breaks the norm, it makes for an exciting event. Um, even if we end up with something bigger like a Sonic and Goichi in finals, which is what you expect, right? But right. the path there is just as important yeah. and it's just as exciting from any angle it's it's insane man i love it hey can you plug some stuff for yourself what are you doing where can we see you oh man katana prime oh to katana underscore prime everywhere man it's just twitter twitch youtube um have you been I'm doing just, the, the youtube thing like everybody i, else? I slowed down i slowed down uh i i had to like the algorithm bot because i had to i was going to canada and stuff to you know be with my wife and everything until i could get them down fully so i i didn't stay up on it which YouTube is, is more of business, right? Mm -hmm. Like people are going to watch you, but you have to get, you, you know, I got some good people in position of work. and everything. Yeah. yeah. So you got to keep going. But right now I'm just going to get back into streaming. Finally, I've been going for two and a half months. Just had a baby boy ready to here to keep going. Cause daddy's got to work and daddy got to make money. Right. Yeah. Cause this is what I do. And uh, yeah, just Kitana underscore prime and everything, man. Follow the good folks at Panda Global. They've been taking care of me for four years now, man. It's insane how fast time flies and yeah I, I don't know man I'm, I'm just working if you got a job and i don't work for free so like I'm, I'm i'm past that i just gotta keep it 100 with you call me i'm reasonable depending on the style of event and uh we're just out here man yeah how, 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 how old is your how old is uh katana secondary right now uh oh, he's uh 
He's a month now and three days. Born on March 24th. <laughs> How's your sleep been? <laughs> uh, my wife has been getting killed uh, infinitely <sighs> worse. That's the bad thing about me is that I'm a, I am I can sleep heavy. Like, I can sleep through whatever. Oh. So, like, she hates me for it. That's okay. <laughs> you know, I, I deserve it. But, you know, I'm do, I do everything that I should do. Uh, so yeah, of course. It's an experience. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. It's an experience, but worth every second. And before, before we go, I just want to echo what lord gandalf says in the chat uh mm -hmm. honestly that texas versus florida they're goat unstoppable like, bro seriously it, you it's made the greatest that moment in our history you <laughs> made that moment for like Please. honestly like you made that event what it was and i don't yeah, think it would have been as hype i don't think it would have been as hype if you weren't on the mic for that, so good job it just, on that. It just happened to work that way. Before I get out, yeah, me and Ominous actually were, were working on that for years. The thing is, we could never get enough Floridians and enough Texans at the same major uh, at MKX, because that's what we wanted to do it. And then mm -hmm. Adjusted 2 came, and Adjusted 2 was cool, but it's not hype like that, especially not for, you know, that. And a lot of us from both regions didn't, like, really play it too much. <laughs> uh, like, I did, but, you know. So when MK11 came out, no matter what, all NRS people worldwide go to Combo Breaker. Right? Combo mm -hmm. Breaker, CEO, Evo, it's your triple crown right there. It's the NRS triple crown, three biggest tournaments, whatever. And I said, yo, we got something here. So we planned it out, got everybody up. I started, I fired the first shot. We started promotion, artwork, everything. I asked Rick for a stage. At the time, I didn't have my name up. I hit up art. I said, yo, I want to do this on, you know, bang, 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 line it up. And the best part about that was that so many people in the crowd were not NRS. They saw what yeah, was going on and they yeah. knew it was true to the essence. And then there were like four of us in the exhibition who were still in the tournament the next morning. Like top 24 had to be played. <laughs> and we went until like 3, 4 a.m. And it's it's the greatest moment. It, it just, yeah. it cannot be topped. It was raw and nine, last two people, the best people. It, yeah. it was it was just... It's a classic for sure. Absolutely. It's a classic. Leave it alone. People want us to run it back. Not really. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Leave it alone. Yeah, that's right. great. And yeah, man, I, I had more to come to, but uh, all, all in due time. We'll see what happens. All right, sounds good. Well, looking forward to that. Hey, thanks a lot for joining us, dude. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, yeah. KB. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you. All right, we out. Peace. All right. All right. That was cool. I mean, the one thing that I, I, I'm, I'm sure KP has heard me say this before, but, you know, like, I've said that I really love his commentary. And honestly, the flower of speech that this man has, um, yeah. I think, is second only to Seth Killian, honestly. That, like Those are the two. No doubt yeah, about it. The way the words that he chooses, the sentences that he chooses, and the phrasing that he chooses is i think uh second only to seth killian honestly so shout outs to kp he definitely has made me think about the way i do commentary a lot as well to try to yeah, word things in a much more interesting fashion so yeah shout outs to him sure. same here dude yeah that was cool all right well as we were doing that interview we're gonna move on now to five five matchup i realized I didn't send out the poll for five five matchup questions. Way to go, Buckaroo! Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't actually. I had a really busy day of both work and a ton of errands. I was driving all over Los Angeles today, so I forgot. My bad. My bad, everybody. My bad, everybody. Good what time. we can do though is we have nine questions that I can read out regardless. 
And we can pick a couple of them from amongst ourselves. Hang on a and second. And we'll talk about it. I'm going to try to... Can I moobot this right now, dude? Like, and just have the people vote live here right now? Is that... Can you, can you have a nine option poll like that? I think so. Let me see if I can rig this up really quick. Okay, that's kind of a cool idea. Let me see if I can rig this up really quick for people here. And maybe okay, this well, is... Maybe while this you're is, doing that, maybe I'll just read out. E oh yeah, let yeah, me yeah. make sure I put the questions up on the stream then as well. So here okay. we go, show the poll, go ahead and start reading them here. Okie doke. So you may notice that these are the same topics from last week because we had a ton of topics from last week and we just didn't have very much time to get to them. So we got to one and some of the others, like there was a really close poll, really close vote. And some of these are pretty cool. So I'll just, we'll run it back. Number one. Is it a game developer's responsibility to let the community know that they have officially ended support for a given game? Number two, with Street Fighter VI looming, I'm concerned that my character won't be in the next iteration. Have you ever not played a title because your main character was not in it? Or did you just learn someone new and get over it? Three, to what extent can VTubers expand the player base and viewer base of fighting games? Specifically, a casual audience that just plays for fun. Four, the average age a competitive esports player retires is at around 25. Why do you think that is? Game, relevancy, life, etc. What makes fighting games different? Number five, do you like to work on one skill at a time or multiple things concurrently? For example, playing matches only focusing on anti-airing and nothing else versus anti-airing with punishing execution. Number six, do you think having older titles at tournaments creates more excitement for the scene? Can this bring in new players, or does this just appeal to veterans of that game? Seven, what does getting involved with your local scene mean and look like in 2021? Eight, some people say fighting games have to compete not just against each other, but against other competitive game genres too. But do we? Does the Souls series have to compete with Fortnite? Can't we carve out our niche and grow it like we have been? And then number nine, should there be penalties other than just being banned for people who act badly in the FGC, like asking people not to support their content, etc.? Should there be paths to forgiveness as well? So those are the nine. Did you manage to rig up a poll of some variety? So I'm pretty sure I did. Hang on a second. Let me see if the poll is still active right now. Uh, current poll. Yes. Okay. So let's do this one. Let's take a look at this poll over here. Uh, let me see if this works here. I don't know if it actually registered or not. Let me see. Uh, shoot. Uh, I guess it's not working right now. Let me try. Let me try creating this one more time. I'm trying to make it as easy as possible just to make it so that you just have to enter the number of the question, you know, <laughs> more than anything else here. Let's see, show advanced options. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Response. Your announcement message. Okay, so if I say create here, create. All right. Oh, so just type one, two, three, four, five, six, or something like that. I think that should just do it. So with the questions in the in this on the screen right now, I think if you just type one, that should just enter a vote on there, I believe. Let's see here. Does it tell me that I have votes here? Does um, it on in the chat? 
I'm trying to see. Is this it, working? It's, it's, it's in the chat. Yeah, it's happening. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see it. You see it. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, there you go. So All right, just... you got 30 seconds, everybody. Do it. <laughs> Not much time. Make it happen. Make it happen. All right. Sweet. Okay. I've been reading about the uh, the Guilty Gear beta. Ooh. Ooh, okay. Is there English info? Because the thing that you there tweeted is. earlier was Japan. There's English info. Ooh. I can, I can probably pull it back up. Yes, please do, actually. Well, we'll talk about it a bunch in, in a little bit, but yeah, that's next month. Hang on, let's do this, too, just for fun. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Ooh, we got a little horse race going on. Yeah. Okay. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> Were you singing the horse race song? <laughs> Thank you. Everybody knows that. Do you, I mean, come on, man. Where's the next verse? I'm, I'm not going that deep. No? Yeah, James has got it. So it seems to be like six is definitely staying ahead here. One and seven are just behind. Well, it's been it's been well over 30 seconds. Let's call it. It's number six. All right. So let's see. Can I... How do I shut down? Too late. Just as number seven was about to overtake it. It's number six, everybody. The poll has been turned off. There you go. Well, I mean, we'll do number six and the number seven because we budgeted time for two of these. Sure. So, number the six. Do you think having older titles at tournaments creates more excitement for the scene? Can this bring in new players or does this just appeal to veterans of that game? What do you guys think? Uh, I think as a spectator, it's really exciting. Uh, I think it's a good idea to show the older games to younger generations. However, I don't really think it helps build that many more players for the old game. Uh, nor do I think it's necessary. Like, I don't think it's uh, financially the best decision for tournaments to always run old games. Um, generally, when you're a TO and you're running a major, you want to get individual entrants for several titles. So if you run Super Turbo and you only get you know, 12 entrants that are original and the rest are people playing other games already. It's not that big of a deal. So I don't know if it's like the mm. smartest thing to run those things, but I do think it's cool. I think the younger players should see the older games and, yeah. you know, see, see what the old men play. But I, I don't necessarily think it's like the smartest thing to do for tournaments always. And it's definitely not something that's always going to bring in a ton of new players. Maybe one or two, but not a lot. Yeah, I, I, I would love to see it. Because there's a lot of games that I just want to see the highest level Children of the Atom. I just want to see the highest level EX2. I just want to see, because I haven't seen this. Like, you know, like, we see people play this on Fightcade, but I just want to see what happens. Like, especially with games that are just dumb, broken, you know, like that, like a Sailor Moon kind of game. I think that's really exciting. It's something that I had pushed for, you know, when I used to hang out with Joey all the time and we used to talk about Evo and stuff. One of the ideas that I always pitched, now the scary thing for a tournament like Evo is you run a side tournament, you just have a bazillion people sign up for it. And if you have a bunch of small tournaments and you're gonna be in multiple tournaments. So what I had determined was make one of the Evo games the old game and not by making it only one game, but make it like, Four games, five games, but you can only sign up for one of them. 
right? So in other words, you can't just be Justin Wong and enter all five of them and then all of a sudden have to be like, I got to run to this tournament. I got to run to this tournament. I got to run to this tournament. But that way you get those core people who are like, I love Children of the Atoms. Oh crap, Children of the Atoms here? Like, I'm going to blow everybody up. Or you're going to have like these Shinji Gohans who are like, I'm the best at EX2, watch me. Or Dogface, you know, X-Men versus Street Fighter, you know, kind of thing like that. I think uh, that would be sick. And you it wouldn't even have to be old games. You could do it for like a Fexel, you know what I mean? Like official side tournament kind of thing like that. And I just think that would be so cool because just being able to see some of these games, you know, you never know. Like, I mean, look at Sailor Moon, right? Sailor Moon is the perfect example. What if we did run a uh, EX2? Two plus alpha, or we did run a uh, 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 a Children of the Atom, and it just turned out to be the goddamn most entertaining thing. And then everybody, and then it just turns into another scene. It won't bring in a lot of new people to the scene, but like Tuba was saying, I think it's just a great historic kind of educational thing because, like, people want to. People want to talk about broken games? Let's go watch some Children of the Atom, dude. Like, seriously, that game is dumb broken. <laughs> Pretty much all those versus type of games that are early are stupid broken. Yeah. All the way up through Marvel 3. Marvel, Marvel Infinite. Up, up through all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all of them, yeah. Uh, I, look, I... Do you think having older titles at tournaments creates more excitement for the scene? I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I think that for the games scene, for, that is to say for the older titles scene, of course. I mean, obviously that's really important to have tournaments. No doubt about that. Can this bring in new players? I haven't seen very much evidence of that. Yeah. I do know of some cases where people have picked up Super Turbo later or have picked up Third Strike later or CBS2. Like, I know people who have done that for sure. But not very many. And so I... It doesn't, it doesn't seem to me like that's a big reason to do it. But the second half of this question, or does this just appeal to veterans of that game, I think is important. I, in fact, the phrasing of it, does this just appeal to veterans of that game? I feel like it, that's enough. Like, the implication there is, like, that's not enough. But I think that's fine. Mm -hmm. People will show up for games that they really care about. And like Brock was saying, th that may not, in many cases, add a lot more, like, individual folks, people who aren't going to enter other stuff. But it, it, will, it will bring some, and it will, you know, maybe more importantly than that, be a good justification for some people to come and, like, continue to create and prolong the community. Right. Um, and and we, we see that happen, for sure. Uh, certain tournaments throughout the country have, like, become the meetup for some old games. Mm -hmm. And that's great. That's, like, a soup. It's a nice thing. It's really nice to know that I can expect to see people from like the old Super Turbo days at some of these events or, or whatever it is. Like that, that's really, or, or Third Strike, whatever it may be for me, like games that I experienced. And that to me feels like it's enough. Like it doesn't need to also bring in new people. It would be great. And in some cases that happens, but not that many. And, I, and I, it just doesn't feel to me like that's, it's important without being like super important to me. I, I, I more want, those games to stay alive for the people who continue to care about them. Yeah. I just want to see it. 
I just want to see some of those games being played at the highest level because I grew up with so many of these games and I've never seen them busted that way, you know. And I don't mm. mean busted as in look how broken this is. I like for me for me it would be like if if Coda is infinites all day. It'd be like the FGC reacting to wobbling at Evo the first time that we just got hyped for it, you know what I mean? That's that's kind of what I'm looking at, so but yeah, for me, I just I just want to see it. I just want to see some of these games played at that level. Cyberbots? Like, I don't know what high-level Cyberbots looks like. I don't know what, you know... I, I, the greatest Eternal example... <laughs> Come on. What is, what is the... Is it Mikado Arcade? It was Mikado and Acho that would always run just, like, the random... Like, like for oh, example... Acho would run the Ancient Dead games, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, my... Yeah. You know, Olaf, my roommate, like one of his obsessions these days is with Buriki One, uh, which like nobody's heard of, right? And I would love to see it. I mean, he showed me footage of high level Buriki One footage from Mikado Arcade, I think it was, you know. How do you even spell that word? I'm How on do Google you find this. that stuff? That, that's the weirdest YouTube hole. Yeah. That's almost as weird as finding Naked Yoga. <laughs> hey, buddy. It was, oh, it was not an accident. I mean, it was on accident? Whatever way is better for me. I don't know. <laughs> it, 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 Bariki 1 is a Hyper Neo Geo 64 game. One of like only three games that came out wow. as a fighting game on Hyper Geo Neo Hyper Neo Geo 64. Is that, is that a console or like an arcade game? It was only on an arcade. And it's oh, oh, I actually got it right in terms of the spelling. Yeah, huh. and then uh, Gaitendo was one of the characters in there and he got added it's him and and S silver i think his name is they got added to kof 11 and uh gaitendo is i mean the game is played with like left and right buttons your hand actually use left and right and the joystick was all the moves on your right hand and they actually mimicked that for gaitendo and kof 11 so when you started combos you would hit the joystick to do the combos but it was it was like it was like UFC before UFC. It was literally they pit Ryo is a guest character as the martial artist and he goes up against the sumo wrestler who goes up against the big brawler guy who goes up against like it's, it was like UFC before UFC was even a thing. It's it was, yeah. it's fascinating. It, it, it sounds interesting. I've never heard of this before. Yeah. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I would have never heard of it either if if Olaf was you know hadn't told me about it. Was obsessed with it, you know. But I would love to see that. Like, wouldn't it be crazy? I mean, it's it's the same kind of thing we get when we see a lot of those mystery tournaments at Combo Breaker. You know, when you just mm. see this hype game and you've never seen it before, and you're just like, whoa, this is sick. You know, it's actually kind of cool. I rewatched some of one of the old mystery tournaments. I think it was from UFGT seven mm -hmm. or eight maybe maybe it was usually yeah maybe it was eight was it the one that i booted danny off yes yeah, what danny was on and then you booted yeah, him and he came yeah, out yeah yeah, yeah. Hold that. Hold that and, and it's a it's a mugen with 2500 characters and oh, it's all random select yeah. and there were a couple times when people actually got multiple of the same character on one team which is like yeah. statistically impossible <laughs> it's like amazing <laughs> yeah uh, it was anyway. It was really broken. Dark Donald was in there. Dark what Donald. A, yeah, what a character, Dark, Dark Donald. Was it what like? I, is I, it like I, I remember that because you and I were not sober commentating. That. Not even a little bit. No, we were plastered. <laughs> I don't remember it very well. If I'm honest with you. The good old days. You had a bottle of tequila under the table, <laughs> and we were we were swigging it when we were not on camera. <laughs> 
Dude, this, you're not. That's not supposed. That's it's. it's that doesn't happen nowadays. That was that was <laughs> back in 2010. Yeah, I know. Omega yeah. Tom Hanks. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of Omega Tom, Tom Hanks. That's right. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot. That of funny was the ones one. Didn't like Flo lose at that phase, and he was like super salty because he died to like Omega Tom Hanks or something like that, or or he was using it a seemed, character that couldn't like even it. hit the weak spots of the other person or something. That did happen a couple times. Yeah, yeah. There were some really weird characters in there. Yeah. <laughs> there. So there was Ronald. Ronald's a character in that movie. But then there's also Dark Donald, and for yeah, some Dark reason Donald. they changed his name to Dark Donald. It's clearly the same character, but like juiced up to all, even more of a wild and, character. Oh, you mean Dark it. Donald was Ronald this whole time? It, it, it's it's a Ronald McDonald sprite. It's a sprite. They changed yeah. the name to Dark. I Donald always, I never, yeah. I don't think I saw it, so I always just pictured Donald Duck, like oh, like Satsue no Duck. Weirder. You know, that's what I always thought it was. Okay. Yeah, it was it was a. Blast. Yeah, Chin Dog got double Charizard, or he got he lost to double Charizard, something like that. Like that yeah. Anyway, oh, all right. That was like ten years ago. Fun little trip down memory lane. Yeah, yeah, it was I think ten years ago or nine years ago. Something like that. Yeah. All right, let's move on to number seven, which almost tied number six. Mm. And this one is, what does getting involved with your local scene mean and look like? in 2021 now for the u.s we're starting to get past the pandemic it's definitely not over and in some states it's still real gnarly but many of us have gotten the vaccine at least once some of us are fully vaxxed um, yeah say what is it, like 37 percent of americans are fully it's a vaxxed? good it's a we're at a good clip here yeah and so i have actually hung out with friends who are also all vaccinated and we have played games like that is we did it, only did it once, but like we're planning to do that more often. And uh, you know, I know I Brock, I know that you're trying to do the same. I know some other friends in other parts of the country who are gonna gonna be doing the same. So it's it's kind of coming back and probably not in like a major way. I wouldn't expect there to be any actual majors for months. I mean it, I don't know if that'll happen in summer. By fall seems plausible. So well, I know in, I know Jabali is floating around the idea of running a CEO in December. Right, right, right. So like by fall, winter, I think it's pretty plausible to expect that. And before that, this question is about locals. I can totally imagine locals coming back in in many places in the U.S. Absolutely. Sure. I mean, isn't it? Other isn't parts it's... of the world are not doing well. India is breaking like horrible records. So. Our country somehow has ended up in a better spot than many others. So if, if this is a, a U.S.-specific question, I think it is actually practical to expect that we could have locals again this year. I mean, this In is, other parts of the world, it's going to be tough for sure. This is a yeah. different – this is not related to the question, but I mean I guess um, – you know, I'm just concerned because I've heard stories of people who are vaccinated still able to catch it and spread it to non-vaccinated people. Yeah. So isn't it still dangerous to travel and gather with oh, people and stuff? So it is. However, if you're doing these things with other vaccinated people, very, very safe. Also, uh, there is clinical studies now showing that if you're vaccinated, you have a much lower chance of spreading COVID. Right. Right, right. But it's still... Uh, so, so both of those things, I mean, if you're with other vaccinated people, the chances of spreading it are very, very, very low. Right. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, like, now, going, going to, like, Vegas, like, you're not, still don't want to go to Vegas. Or... I mean, like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, like, go to Evo, and it's 
2019 capacity without a mask on. Yeah, right. yeah. But yeah, I yeah, still, sure. you know, it, once we get to like 70 percent vaccination, right? Absolutely, of course. we'll go to something yeah, yeah. like that. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm planning to continue to wear the mask even if I go to some to some other place. Uh, my wife and I are going to be taking a trip next month across the country to visit family. And whenever we're doing stuff that's not with our like vaccinated family members, when we're on the plane, whatever, like we're all going to be masked right. up still. Yeah, um, okay. But anyway, I mean, so it, it is it is practical in conclusion to like have low. It probably will be practical to have locals. But I think what the question is is asking is not really so much like, do you think we'll be back to locals? I think it's more like. We're stuck online, and this mm -hmm. will continue to be true, right? Yep. Even when, once we're having locals, we'll probably still continue to have a lot of online stuff. What the, what does it look like to have involvement with your local scene when it is primarily online, or even just more online than it used to be before COVID? I mean, for me, right now, you know, if you want to be involved with getting with your local scene. A lot of local scenes are running tournaments, are running the online tournaments. And I'll tell you right now, running online tournaments is a pain. It's hard uh, because you've got to corral all these people. The fact that the Capcom and the Level Up crew were able to run a 511-man tournament uh, for, Evo, for CPT Japan is nothing short of miraculous. <laughs> Honestly, so if you want to get involved, you know, I think that's what you do. You just help them. You be one of those people, even for, you know, the, the show you can scrimmage. My friend, you know, Investigation Cone was just like, hey, you need help? Here I am. And he would help. He learned how to use Smash.gg. Trust me, not an easy feat, um, you know, to help me do all that stuff. And I wouldn't have been able to run half of those events without help like that you know and so honestly that's kind of where it's involved right now is you know trying to help people out in those situations promotion social media spread you know so a lot of these local events just don't get any word out help spread the word create graphics for them help create the flyers for them do the artwork contact the right people etc etc you know there's a lot of different ways to contribute right now and it's it, it is largely through content honestly. footwork damn it what's that i said do the footwork damn it <laughs> yeah, and part Seriously, of the footwork, like, do the do the yeah the, the footwork the grindy stuff help out with that and and on top of that i think many locals um have a have a discord presence i know that the local that i played in before covid yep. has a discord and how does ours Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think I think many of ours do. So maintaining that is a helpful thing. You know, for a while, folks were running tournaments for for our locals. Um, I understand why they didn't want to keep doing that, but like, there's still the Discord, and people will still hang out in there and chat and get games with each other, and that's cool. That you know, that kind of stuff continues the community. And and even if it's not maybe if it's not actively the Discord like whatever your thing is you have a Facebook group or whatever it may be or even if it's just like your buddies and you don't need that you just text them call them get games together play games while you're on the phone or Discord with each other so it like feels more like you're hanging out with somebody than just playing a rando online that kind of stuff I think is all pretty important to maintaining a sense of community when I go back to the local whenever that ends up happening. There's a lot of people there who I'm going to be like, oh, I haven't seen you in an entire year or a year and a half or whatever it ends up being. And for some of those people, I'll need to do some catching up, 
or I didn't know them very well in the first place or whatever. But for other people, like I, we're still talking pretty regularly and that's nice. That's been really nice actually. We're still getting games pretty often. And some of them like fall in and out of actively playing, you know, but when they want to play, I'm down to play. If I want to play, I, I let them know. Like, that stuff has really been nice in trying to like keep this sense of community going, mm. I think. It's it's true. So, what Sloth says, I think finding those discords might be difficult for the people who don't know where to look and whom to ask. That's true. That's a problem with Discord. Something we've talked about before. There's no doubt about that. But for people who were like in the local before, continuing to keep this local going, it's hard to search out somebody who just is playing online. I, I don't. That's not going to be easy to expand for sure. So yeah, I'll, I'll just say, area. guys, don't don't expect for your scenes to get bigger in 2021. Right. Maybe even 2022. Like, it's... FGC's more about maintaining what we have right now than growing. <laughs> because it could have all come crashing down real fast with, with this pandemic. So right. Especially with our... Maintaining rather than trying to grow at this moment. Yeah, especially with our garbage net code, it could have just completely yeah. died. But yeah. somehow we found ways to do it with Parsec and all this other stuff. Yep. Like, it's... It's crazy how ingenious the FGC is, and no esports certification is going to help you get any of that stuff. So, you think the esports cert tells you how to run a Discord? No, <laughs> no. And that's actually <laughs> one of the most stupid math problems. And that's going to be one of the most crucial. I mean, honestly, an esports certification that tests you on fu Discord functionality would be more legit than asking you quest math questions, honestly. Like, hey, I mean, even when I'm running the Parsec stuff, you know, Saban Deus, who's been doing all the Soul Calibur stuff, like two players in particular of mine could never play against each other. One of them would always see a black screen for some strange reason. Mm. And Saban's like, try setting your settings to this and this and this. And it worked. Like, you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> those are the things that you got to learn. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll try to grow. I think it's, I think the FGC, well, Brandon, I think you're right that FGC's probably, FGC's probably not going to grow. When, when Strive comes out, like a lot of people are going to be playing Strive. Yeah, so more yeah. people will be playing Strive like that. There will be a bigger mass of people playing one game mm -hmm. than has been in a long time. I think that's right. And hopefully some of those people will stick around, and once locals come back, they'll come out to locals. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anything else to say about this one? Nope. nope. Let's move on. There's some other game news to talk about. Let's get to that. To begin with, in Samurai Showdown, the new DLC is Hibiki. How about that? What do you think about her? Cool. Have you seen her? She looks cool. Yeah, she looks really cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, graphically, she's really, really nicely done. Like, I just feel like she, you can tell that they were getting better and better as they kept going in Samurai Showdown with the way their characters look. Uh, yes, I did see that Kokujin, uh, the new KOF silhouette was also just posted about 30 minutes ago. I mean, my, it looks like Chris, right? It looks like it's going to be Chris. So, uh, but Habiki, um, I've seen some footage, uh, Dengeki, one of the, the, the publishing magazine site things in Japan always gets early access to the game. And so they actually, uh, did a bunch of stuff with her. They already found a bug with her. So hopefully that'll get fixed. 
uh, soon, but she looks really interesting. She looks like she's going to be pretty good. <laughs> she looks like she's going to be really strong, but like I said, there's definitely uh, some some bugs already with her that they're going to have to patch out. So, Wait, is she playable now? I thought she was playable She's coming out today. She's literally coming out today. So. Oh, 28th in Japan. Yeah. Probably. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. She'll probably be out in like, what, a couple hours? Probably. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's cool. So she's going to be, or she is, $5.99, and the season pass is $19.99. And Guilty Gear Strive had a location test, a lope test. How long has it been since you have seen the word L-O-K-E <laughs> written out? I was thinking about that earlier today. Just seeing that word is so unusual now. Super Street Fighter Arcade Edition. That's the last time I can remember a location testing. Yeah, maybe that's true for me too. No, I guess there was a look test for Ultra. Was there? I think so. I think so. Uh, okay. I'm pretty sure I went to it. I think there was a tournament. It might have been SoCal Regionals where they were showing off some of the stuff. Maybe it was something else entirely. I really don't remember now, but anyway, I think that it was. In conclusion, Guilty Gear Strive had an actual look test. Now, it was pretty limited. It's COVID times. So it only happened at a couple of arcades. There was very limited play time for each player. Nobody got a lot of time to test stuff out. So it's not like a look test commonly where like you come away with like, wow, all these things are super change different whatever maybe like here's my deep detailed thoughts on these characters that i played for 100 hours it's not like that but there is a little bit of feedback from some of the players i mean people definitely to leo and pot for example i found something really interesting too because like (laughs) they nerfed something from leo and i saw someone respond like you know why would they nerf it it's not even that good all you have to do to stop it is do this anyway and someone responded with a really interesting point they're like well if it's not that good and it's just a knowledge check then is it worth keeping in you know (laughs) if it's not good because you just beat it easily by doing this then are why should you be mad that it's taken away and i don't know that was really intriguing to me as a as a response and it was kind of like one of those like i'm gonna say that and get vision confused and he has to think about it for a second you know (laughs) kind of thing so so what changed for him apparently is that his little like cross through special Mm -hmm. in the beta you could combo out of it but now you cannot right and my understanding is you couldn't in excerpt either right? right no but you had yrc so you could spend a fourth of your bar to get a combo off of it i'm okay. sure you can now do it still here. probably the same thing but it cost half a bar rather than a fourth right. so it's a little more costly to get the combo from the cross up right. back turn for okay. sure on counter and hit, potemkin's yeah, sure. punch seems like it's a little bit slower yeah without i mean the... i don't know these don't seem like huge changes to me again like who knows what was missed because there just wasn't a lot of time by any one person. <laughs> so I don't know, but I thought that was interesting to hear about. And then even more than that, there was an interview with a couple of the devs. And in that interview, they said things like they wanted to tone down some options for the steps. Like that was the intention. And they still believe that there's unlocked potential in some of the stuff that people did find that was toned down. Also, they said that they're cons- that they might consider crossplay, but that they want to make sure that they finish development of the game first before they even try for that. 
Yeah. Fair enough. They cross also said that they're... PC and PlayStation, to be clear. There is cross-generation yes. play. <laughs> right, 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 right. Good, good point. They also said that they'll talk about changes to the anti-air game before the next beta. Well, so... guess what, buddy? They already <laughs> talked about that in the beta that I linked you guys. Sick. You know, talk about that in a bit. Nah, we'll talk about that now. Talk about, talk about that right now. They li- this just so this what- just in, ladies and gentlemen. They have officially announced the information for the second open beta test for Guilty Gear Strive. We're bringing you at the minute information right now. David, what do you got? I mean, I don't know, dude. I've been here too. Uh, Brock, have you? Read it? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it goes, it goes live May Sorry. 13th. Brock, it's... Brock, let me know what you've got. <laughs> it goes live May 13th. It ends May 16th. Uh, okay. so period. They have talked about anti-airs. Uh, they brought the 6P from Exerd back. So everybody has a universal anti-air now. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, they also have changed jumping and air dashing. So there is a little bit more recovery on air dashes now. Mm. Um, hmm. And there is... A, you go into jump state later. So I don't know how that'll affect hmm. things. Maybe it'll affect the up backing a little bit because people complain a little bit right. about being able to come back defensively. Um, so maybe now you won't get to the air so quickly. You'll be able to get caught low, huh. uh, which is probably a good change. Um, so yeah, there are some gameplay changes. And they said there's some basic uh, balance adjustments as yeah. well, which is expected. Also, yeah. it looks like Anji is playable. So yeah, I saw cool. that. I saw that. Okay. So we'll actually get to try Anji. Uh, this says like it, block stun is going to be longer if you block an attack in the air. Uh, yeah, that's another answer to up backing. A lot of people are real upset about the yeah. Marvel three style up backing. So and that's yeah. understandable. Because before in Guilty Gear, the older game like Guilty Gear. Yeah, in the older Guilty Gear games, as long as your move was touching the ground, you couldn't air block it. You had to green block it. Now you don't even need to do that. So it, it just feels like, you know, there's no reason to green block in the air and jumping in the air was just like really safe. So yeah, it's, it's a good idea to nerf that a little bit more. I did see a clip from the Loke test where Chip does like anti-air DP versus whoever. Uh-huh. And it's it was plus on block, right? The like DP as an anti-air, the opponent blocks. Chip is plus. Mm. That was how some of the stuff worked in the beta. Like if Potemkin did anti-air right. heat knuckle, he was plus if the opponent blocked it. So I kind of like that. I think that's an interesting way to handle this. If they don't want to have, they do want to have air blocking, but they also don't want to have the air game be too strong. I think that's kind of a cool right. middle ground between the right, two. Like right, you just right. the defender gets to take their turn. It's cool. So this anyway, awesome. Looks like it's yeah. going to have versus mode, tutorial mode, training mode, and online. The other one didn't have the tutorial mode, right? The the, the previous yeah, beta, the tutorial no mode tutorial. wasn't wasn't there. So I think they actually have it this time. So we'll be able to take a little bit more look into that. Oh, there was there was a tutorial mode. Okay, shows how much I care. Oh, I, I didn't play it. I didn't think it was even there. <laughs> <laughs> shows you how much I I, 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 I trained up, dude. Yeah, you just went right to the actual right. game. Uh-huh. I, I literally did, yeah. I that makes right sense. Yeah, I could see you doing that, for sure. Uh, so all the characters will be playable. That's cool. Did they did it mention <laughs> any changes to the lobby? Yeah, now, instead of just jumping wherever, remember how in the old lobbies there's arcade machines? Literally, they have, like, those 
like those esportsy tournament like poles with the two monitors sitting yep. off to the side. They, they oh. did exactly what they've done for every other game. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So all right. Now you actually walk to the stations and and do it like all the old games. So that's actually really cool. <laughs> nice. I don't know if it's really cool, but I guess yeah, it's better than what they did cool. before. <laughs> yeah, but it's like it works. It works. Like I said, I, I I am an optimist. I like what they're trying to do. I really, really honestly like what they're trying to do. And they're just implementing it badly. And I think that's one of the best things about this beta is that they're finding out a lot of these terrible implementations fast mm. so that they can get it better by the time the actual product comes out. And it says a rematch function has been added in the rank tower. You can rematch up to three times or until either player's recommended floor changes. In the open park, you can rematch as many times as both players agree. Other features of the lobby have also been improved is what it says. Mm. So there you go. Okay. This is cool. I'm excited. Yes. All right. Fresh off the press is reporting on the Tuesday show. Exactly. Man, I got an exciting May coming up. I'm, I'm ready. An exciting May. Where are you going to play May? Oh, my God. I'm going to play May. My buddy Mike is coming out from California. On this, your, your friend, too. Yeah. People know on Mike. We had him on visit. stream. We had him as a guest. And yeah, then, Mike the Bonus has been an interview yeah, on the Tuesday been, show. He has been here. Uh, and then uh, there's the beta now. So And then the week after Mike is here, there's the combo breaker stream stuff. So Yeah. A lot of exciting yeah. stuff going on in May. How about be, that? I'll be getting my second shot in May. So there you go. That's what I'm talking about. Even better, baby. Yeah. Let's get Just back to three the back boys hanging out, doing the Tuesday show. Yeah. The meat space is back. The what? I told my wife. I told my wife that I was like, the meat space is coming back, and she was like, what? That was my reaction just now. <laughs> How do you not know what meat space is? Do, do you nobody know knows? Meat, you do never you know heard the word space the meat is? space? What are you guys talking about? This is just some weird upper middle class lawyer talk. But <laughs> <laughs> this is dude. Even space. people in the chat are confused too. Am I the only one who hung out on the internet in the early two thousands? What do you guys mean? As opposed to cyberspace, I don't, I don't, I don't think the meat was, space. Nobody called it that, man. That was yes, like you they and your, did. Nerdy friends, and that was it. Come on. Come on. I'm the only nerd on this program, apparently. Apparently. I mean, apparently. look, only one of us here has written Avatar fan fiction, okay? I'm just saying. That's, All right. I might, yes. I might have been in an especially nerdy place at <laughs> yeah. times, but still. I grew up Come in the hood, man. We didn't talk about meat spaces. <laughs> yeah, you talked about meat spaces where I grew up. Yeah, you'd be in trouble, probably. <laughs> yeah, you weren't getting away with the meat space back then. <laughs> Or maybe David was being James <laughs> I don't know if I ever said it out loud. I think that uh, was something you just typed to other people online. Uh, All right. Then there's also, yeah, we just, this is like, I don't know if people had heard about it. I hadn't heard about it until, James, you brought this to my attention. Namco had a patent, apparently, and that <sighs> patent allowed them to prevent other people from using watch and repeat style training mode command displays for 20 years, well, however long the patent was uh, in effect. Patents last 20 years, but that includes like when you file them and stuff. So I don't know how many years it actually was in effect, but 
big bummer. That's so, stupid. Yeah, when, it expired in October. Yeah, when you're in Tekken and you go to the menu and you click on the button to demo the move, that was patented? I guess that was patented. And that's dude. why... That was in no, Soul Calibur games as well, so it makes sense. Right. That's why it's not in any of the other games. And... You know, Bandai Namco was also the company that patented, you know, playing other games during loading screens, right? Yeah, mini so, games during loading, yeah. Mini, yeah. mini games during loading screens. Like, like, when I found out about that, the thing that came to my head was, what other great ideas do we want in fighting games that are being locked behind patents? And then I just got mad. <laughs> I mean, patents right now are what are preventing you know, the U.S. from giving our freaking vaccine to other countries as well, right? I mean, it's just, ugh. Like, I, 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 I understood, I understand what patents are for, but little by little, I'm becoming more like David on patents at this point in time, which is just like, get rid of them, dude, you know? You wouldn't download a car. You wouldn't download a car, would you? <laughs> I did right of course I would. Imagine a world where you could download cars and you wouldn't do it. Unbelievable. Anyway, that's copyright, not patent. But for you both know, of them, right. they're pretty overbroad and blah, pretty blah, silly. Blah, blah. And this is, this is, this is just one of those things that. Look, I'm not a patent lawyer. I've never like sent in a patent. I, the process is not something I'm very familiar with. But my, what I imagine happened here is somebody came up with this idea and they were like, "Hey, lawyer, who's in our company." Do you think this is patentable? And the lawyer's like, I don't know, maybe, but like, let's try it out. And the person who just happened to be the patent examiner, who's the person who like reviews to see whether your patent should should go through, was just like, I don't have never played a video game before. This sounds new to me. For sure. That kind of stuff happens all the time. In in many different industries, yeah. there are patents that get through that are not actually like really unique, so but that the patent examiner just like isn't familiar enough with and so they get through that right. happens so yeah seems at, like a good system yeah at my if last you're, if, you're, if the system is intended to result in more patents which it is that's the point it's it, not intended to actually incentivize anything it's intended for companies to have more ability to exploit the things that they make that's all at my last cup, because when you work for a company, anything you create at that company is the company's, right? That's just part of the deal as when you get a job anywhere. At my last company, we literally had meetings, like demos given about how to create patents and creating as many patents as you could. And they gave the employees bonuses for every patent that you created. So they literally were trying to get people to make as many patents as possible so that they could control just about everything, you know, basically a Wikipedia that they own, you know what I mean? Just user, except the only people who can edit it are the people who work at the company. And yeah, I mean, at the time I was like, yeah, I'll try to come up with some patents. I want some bonus money. This is cool. Nowadays yeah. I'm like, what the hell? Like this is, this is terrible. You're you know? Evil. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's pretty clear that the data supports the history supports the idea that broad patents actually stifle innovation rather than mm. contributing to innovation. If everything is sectioned off too much, then you can't do cool things 
with the with that thing. Like it's stuck for 20, 20 years. You can't have cool new fighting game training modes. Who knows what we could have been doing to iterate on on that in the meantime? Mm-hmm. And you can't. And that's that's how overbroad patents end up stifling innovation. I mean, I could see an argument for why in some cases they should exist in a minimal way. Boy, they're just not in a good state right now. That is for sure. Right. It's just it's just like everything else, right? Good intentions, out of control, controlled by people with money. So now it protects the people with the money as opposed to protecting. Dude, let me let me tell you, there's nothing about the history of intellectual property law that you should take away as being anything about good intentions. Okay. <laughs> from from literally the beginning, Fair it enough. was about the the <laughs> crown of England giving the exclusive right to publish certain things to their friends and and hangers on. It's oh, just it's geez. just been about grift literally since the start of it. Oh That's geez, okay. The whole thing. I had no idea, but right. there you go. Thank well, you. We're waiting on time. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, I could I could absolutely rattle all yeah, that. I would say thank you. Thank you though. No, honestly, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. So, okay. All right, all right. Let's talk about other stuff. Oh, there's community news first. Well, you skipped Oops, over I the skipped news. a bit. Yeah, you're right. There's not much. There's not much. Okay, there there's we a ton go. Of news and you skipped it all. One of the things is that Rebel Kumite is coming back. Woo! I think that's awesome. Yay. That was odd. Anyways, okay. You yeah, I'm being very sincere. No, 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 I no, think no, that's no. Very cool. You said whoop, and then it just like cut you off until your tone went back you're down. Rude, you're yeah, I heard whoop. Oh. Ooh, this oh. <laughs> is what, what we heard. Well, so. I'm happy about it. It's gonna be the weekend of May 22 to 23, and oh. it will have Street Fighter. Yes, 16 players in a Street Fighter tournament. However, also a Guilty Gear Strive showcase Ooh. featuring 12 players. I didn't see that part. Okay. I... That'll be in London, not in Paris, where it's been in Whoa, the past. Whoa, wait a minute, months. James. Are you telling me you weren't excited for the Street Fighter part, but I'm... you are excited for the Guilty Gear part? I'm excited for both. I am telling on... ¿Por qué no los dos? ¿Por qué no los dos? I'm excited for both. Right. I mean, I'll, I'll have to try to contact them as well, see if I can do one of those beginner streams like I did for the last Red Bull mm-hmm. Kumite. I think that'd be really cool. Cool, okay. man. Also, you remember this guy who used to work at Capcom? His name is Yoshinori Ono. Yeah. He left the company over the summer, and he has been hired by Delightworks as their new president. This is the developer of the extremely popular mobile game fate grand order and also they are the co-publisher of melty blood Uh, they're not the developer that's french bread but they are publishing it um co-publishing it i guess so i actually had no idea what delight works did so okay okay yeah so i mean they're that's that's a big ip and so people are thinking that like maybe this means that they're going to be getting more into fighting games is there going to be a fighting game for that Maybe. What is Fate Grand Order? <laughs> Do we... an order about the grand fates of the okay. world. Okay. Yeah, it's, all, it's all about Destiny. Destiny is okay. a okay. huge part of it, right? And then okay. if you pay five ninety nine, you can roll more for life <laughs> with Okay. You can, you can increase job. your destiny by rolling. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. So you I never play it. Oh, okay. I, I guess I didn't even know. Is this like... 
Wasn't there a fate fighting game a long time ago, or is that something else? I I don't even. Are you know. thinking of Dungeon Fighter? Maybe. No, there was the the game that's being worked on. Yeah, that's the one. The fate, one. Fate the, Unlimited the one, codes. The one with the with the terrible abbreviation. Yeah, fate. You're unlimited talking about codes. fate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Anyway, so, this is not that. But maybe it's a new fighting game. I mean, look, I don't really see a particular reason why Yoshinori Ono like could only make fighting games. Right. I don't know. That seems like yeah, a big leap to me. Yeah, I mean, I, in, I don't think in Third Strike he was he was responsible for porting sounds from Second Impact to Third Strike, right? So here, this is such an all-around guy. Music he was involved in. Game development he was involved in. You sure was involved. Public relations he was involved making, in. He can do anything. Making smooth spheres into spiky balls with valleys. <laughs> yes, he did purposely nerf the balance of Super Street Fighter 4 <laughs> in AE because he thought that was a good idea. He did say that out loud in public. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He did. Yeah. Anyways. What is okay. a fella? So anyway, good luck to Unlimited... I mean, not failed. Next topic, tournament results. Here we go. Yeah. There was a Skullgirls and also a Smash, and there was a tournament. David, tell us about it. Okay, sure. There was a big Skullgirls tournament. It's <laughs> part of the Skullgirls Championship Series 2021. Spring Blockbuster was the one. Look, shout-outs to the Skullgirls scene, who's which had such an up-and-down year. Oh, my God. Uh, with their game, like, just as we have talked about, having major problems. Right. And that managed to go, I guess, okay in the end. Uh, for yeah. this tournament, Cloud won it. RW Cloud won it with Valentine, Cerebella, and Double. And then EG Sonic Fox got second with Philia Annie, who's the new character, and Robo Fortune, as well as Solo Annie. Wow. Interesting. Okay, That's so cool. Annie's a good yeah. character then, huh? Annie pretty strong so far. I'm making the assumption that. I suppose. That, yeah. Smash World Tour, Southeast Asia. Again, they have a big World Tour quality. This is a qualifier for it. Winner was XIFL. I'm going to say Shiffle with Pokemon Trainer and Captain Falcon. Don't give me that look, Barack Aware. I see you giving me a weird look out there. That's, that's a stretch. We missed one thing in the community news, and that news is that Duck Helmet made it to silver. Congratulations to Duck Helmet. Dude, that's Helmet. huge, actually. I, I, I'm he, not been, messing around. It's yeah, very cool. That is really cool. I don't know who Duck Helmet is. He's been a, a, a long-time viewer and uh, someone who I've been trying to help get better at fighting games for quite some time now, so it's actually really, really cool. I think that's awesome. Couple things coming up. One thing is the Capcom Pro Tour Central America West. That's happening this weekend. So if you want to watch some strong Street Fighter, you have a good chance to do so. The Mortal Kombat Pro Competition North America 7 is happening. There are only eight in the season. So there's only two chances left to get points to qualify for the finals. And some of the best players in the continent aren't qualified because they haven't been entering enough. So <laughs> it may be that, like, maybe Sonic Fox enters, maybe Ninja Killer enters, maybe Dragon enters. There's a lot of people who, like, might enter if they are interested in getting into the finals. They probably should. And that's happening this weekend, so some great Mortal Kombat to watch. And then 
what do you got, James? Deus Ex Kylo 2 is being run this weekend by Saban Deus. Uh, I mentioned him earlier as the guy who who's really good at all the Parsec stuff. In fact, I, you know, Jason Game Dev used to do all the Parsec stuff. I think he was the person who ran the Parsec Discord, the FGC Parsec Discord, and he's handed that off to Saban Deus now. Um, uh, but he's... Uh, running uh, a big Soul Calibur tournament. This is the second one that he's done. First one raised, I think he said, like almost $4,000 in prize pool for Match Arena. Uh, I think you can still sign up for it. Smash.gg slash DXCII, basically. And it should be a lot of fun. Going to be a lot of the best players over there. I'll be doing some commentary for it this weekend, so I'm excited for that. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a baby. Yeah. Oh. It's a kitty cat. Yeah. He's biting it. You said? Yeah. Yeah, I can he's see. Good it. boy. Good boy. Now he's licking. Now he's biting. Oh, good boy. Good boy. What a good boy. <laughs> good boy. All right, that's it for any of this stuff. So we have some mailbag questions to get to. Ones that we didn't do before. All right. What do you got? All right. Hit me with your best shot. Doc Fugu Dude, on Twitter dumb. asks. Would you rather fight 10 little bussy mans or one big bussy man? I'm aware that there's another way to pronounce that word, but I'm going to go with big bussy man. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going with the one big one, man. Yeah? I don't, I don't know how big a small little bussy man is, so... <laughs> That could be, yeah. yeah. That, that small one could be five foot three. You know, like that's. I'd rather fight one six foot seven person than ten five foot three people. Is okay, I, mean. I guess I was imagining this being like a three foot tall versus a twelve foot tall, little, little bussy man. Is what I'm gonna stick with. <laughs> man, we should get Obama to come on the show. I'm gonna ask him. He's in Japan. No, he has no yeah. Yeah, James is completely out of the loop. <laughs> Asking the hard questions. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the one. Look, in all these questions that are like, would you rather fight 10 or 1? Yeah, give me the 1, of course. Unless it's, unless it's just, I'm fighting Superman now, or like whatever the thing is. Right. It's got to be the 1, because I'm going to get messed up by 10 of like anything. Like mm -hmm. almost... Anything that's not just a little paper bag or whatever is going to be too much. James? What do you got, James? How many little bussy mans are you going to be fighting? This is too pure for this question. I mean, here's the thing, right? I mean, the question is, if they were younger, would the one be able to clean my dishes or clean the tables faster or the, a bunch of the small ones because then they would be the bus boys, right? So uh, even if they're small, I think that they would be able to clear out more tables. So I'm going to go with the, the young 10 bus boys. <laughs> You're going to take on 10 young bus boys, James? That doesn't sound easy either. Yeah, that, does, that's, that sounds rough, dude. From any way you want to take it. Any Dude, angle. While you were answering that question, I was half expecting my friend from high school who popped in to answer the teacher as far as like what happened at the end of the book. <laughs> <laughs> Just cut you off and be like, here's the context already. All right. Yeah, no idea what it is. <laughs> All right, next mailbag question. 
<laughs> You'll have no idea. I'm not Gabe looking it up B either. NYC I'm not looking it up either. Good. Gabe BNYC on Twitter asks, what's the superior cooking material? Stainless steel, cast iron, enamel, ceramic, glass, non-stick coatings that aren't one of the previous three, carbon steel, etc. There's apparently more than that. What do you think? Uh, it really depends on what you're cooking. Okay. I'm going to cook... I'm going to cook tofu and noodles. Okay, what kind of sauce are you using? I'm going to be using a mix of soy sauce. It's going to have some chili pepper in there. Might have some so sriracha, a little bit of brown sugar. You're absolutely going to want to go with a wok. Okay, you're not going to cook those items together. You're going to cook them separately. Okay, but what? There we're is talking no about one material. Superior. There is we're no talking one about the superior. material. Wok is a shape. I mean, I guess you, I, I generally a wok is. What's it made out of? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's stainless steel. I don't know. I don't work with woks very often, to be honest. Me neither. I've never worked with a wok. You've never used a wok before? <laughs> they look very. They look very useful. Um, no, I've never. There's lots of different sizes, of and I have a but tiny. If one. I'm gonna pick any one cooking material, it's gonna be cast iron. Yeah, I mean, cast iron and is it, it, it's the most versatile. Yeah, it's that one's supposed meat. to be... The, obviously, the hardest thing about cast iron is that they're hardest to maintain. Like, they can go bad if you're just not careful with them really well, and they... Yeah, take, you gotta be kind of a lazy person or, like, an idiot to do that, though. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, it, it's pretty... Once you once you have a good uh, seasoning on your cast iron, mm -hmm. it's pretty hard to screw it up. Like, you have to use soap on it okay. at that point. Like, you can even use acidic foods on it at that point, and it shouldn't eat away okay. a really good seasoning. Okay. Uh, you'd have to use like soap and scrub it to ruin it at that point. Okay. So you have to be very uninformed. And if you have a cast iron pan, you should know what the hell you're doing with it by that point. Like you, yeah. If you're spending money, you know, thirty dollars plus on pans, you should learn what they do. Especially <laughs> use a cast iron. Yeah. You drop twenty five, thirty bucks on a cast iron, it's gonna last you your whole life if yeah. you take care of it. Yeah, I've definitely so, ruined stuff before because I think I just didn't know what they were made out of or I just didn't, you know, know. Yeah, that I mean, tons of people do, man. You'll see people use, like, metal utensils yeah. on mm -hmm. Teflon mm -hmm. and you'll yep. see, you know, like, people ruining, or not ruining, but ruining the seasoning of a cast iron pan. You can almost always save one if you right, sand it right. down and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, I, I mean, it just it just really comes down to what you're cooking and what your knowledge level is. Mm -hmm. If you're, like, a complete novice cook, then obviously you just get tough on. You want something that's not stick and that you can ruin and replace for like 20 bucks. <laughs> right. Yep. Like, that's fine. Uh, alternately, stainless steel is fantastic because that's also very, very hard to screw up. Right. Like, it's it's hard to ruin those things. Yeah. I just, so, I just yeah. always remember because my parents owned a Chinese restaurant when I was really young. You know, everything, every one of my memories of the Chinese restaurant makes the Chinese restaurant far more gigantic than it actually is because I was such a little kid. But, you know, right. my, the cooks, they had the big giant woks and they're throwing them in there and they're shaking around yeah. and cooking. I just remember those things were huge. Like those things. Yeah, I mean, like, they are huge, dude. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. But yeah, I mean, as a huge. kid, like that thing looked like you could just envelop you. You know what I mean? It, but I mean, that's always going to be my memory of the wok is just watching my dad and the cooks and stuff like that on the thing. It was always super sure. fascinating. to watch. I, I, I loved watching the cooks cook. And I'm sure, you know, it's weird for them, you know, in retrospect, that there was probably this little kid standing in the restaurant kitchen in, in the cook area just watching them cook, but, you know, that's the way it is. <laughs> I, 
I guess I'm going to have to go with non-stick because I understand that it's nice to have the, like, patina or whatever that happens on <laughs> on cast iron. But um, I'm trying not to mix milk and meat out here. So right. that's mm -hmm. I'm staying away from mm -hmm. that. Makes sense. Dude, you're very knowledgeable about pans. Dude, I fucking cook. I like cooking. I really like cooking. I don't want to do it in a professional manner. It's way different. Right. I don't like I don't like prepping. I don't like I would never want to be like a sous chef or a line cook or anything like that. But like for myself or for my friends, I really like cooking. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okie dokie. Cooking is super fun. I, I really do enjoy it. I just don't know enough. I like recipes. grocery shopping too, man. I enjoy those things. Mm -hmm. I'm weird. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's that's weird. cool. No, I can I can I can see grocery shopping being interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Dead Eye Dave on the Discord asks, "Can Tubbo and David regularly nag James into drinking more water? While <laughs> leg cramps and lack of sleep are more obvious side effects and harmful to general health, we wouldn't want James to experience the abject horror of kidney stones." Dude, I have never had kidney stones, but I've had a few friends who've had them now, and it just sounds like a awful awful experience yeah i i too have never had a kidney stone but you guys see me often yeah, yeah I drink, same I drink, I drink a ton of water james yep. do you drink water as well i mean not while i'm on stream weirdly enough like i don't know i have this weird thing that when i get and i think this just has to do with the ocd or the adhd because you know how they say when you start doing something you become overly obsessed with it like when i'm sure. doing uh streaming and stuff like, I just, like, I still remember there was one day that I think I did the entire day of commentary and I didn't go to the bathroom, like, one single time until, like, 12 hours later. And when I got back to the hotel room was when kind of when it struck me because it was like, holy crap, it was like someone cut open the end of a hose and it just, like, was, like, it, yeah. Like, it all your holes, just emptying in the toilet. Dude, seriously, dude, like... <laughs> I, I, I get into this weird obsession where I just forget. And I've come out of some streams before with my throat hurting here. Uh, on uh, and, it, and it happens more when I'm playing. It doesn't happen when I talk. It happens more when I'm playing because my nasal passes, passages are very bad. So that's why I, I'm a mouth breather, right? I mean, like, literally, that's, that's what I am. I breathe through my mouth. And when I play fighting games, it's a very intense, heavy kind of breathing. And so, like, it, it actually messes me up sometimes that I don't drink water while I'm streaming. <laughs> yeah, you should, you should. Every time we switch topics, you're taking a sip. Hmm. I'm in. Rule. That's the new rule. Let's do it. New okay. rule. Okay. But sure at the end of the night, before I go to sleep, I usually have one of those, you know, bottles that we have and I just drink the whole entire thing all at once before I go to sleep. So, I mean, I'm probably getting through three refills of this guy per day, uh -huh. something right. like that. Yeah. Like this is this thing is now a few years old and it's absolutely broken. This actually doesn't even work up here anymore. Right, like, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it can't it can't like Latch. stop itself from yeah, flipping yeah, open yeah. anymore. Mm -hmm. But it's such a nice it's honestly such a nice water bottle. The way that it, it like is. has a little mm. bit of aeration, it's like mm. the perfect amount of aeration. James has the same one. He knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. This you is actually one of the best. Get yourself a new cap. Yo, dude, that's so smart. <laughs> Wait, but would you, you know download what? a car? 
No, así que... <laughs> Dude, I'm in. That's so you cool. Now your bottles can last another five years. We got yeah. this at PSX, yes. Yeah. We got this PSX 2018? <laughs> when they took us to the um, when they took us to the dressing room, they made us put tape on the bottom of it so we actually knew whose was whose. And uh mine still has it, so Wow, that's some impressive tape even. <laughs> that was three and a half years ago yeah, or something. Still still there, so Alright. Very good. Next question or are we done? We got one more. Nonya on YouTube asks, this is actually kind of interesting. Have you ever done commentary? Let me. What happened? Okay, I'm just trying to parse it. That's all. I think, it, I think what it's asking is, have you guys ever done commentary with someone who you were fighting or not on speaking terms with? So you, you are not on speaking terms with the co-commentator that you're commentating with. No, not that I know of. Maybe someone <laughs> hated me and they didn't let me know. You didn't know. I, 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 I mean, dude, I've been oblivious to people not liking me many a times in my life. Okay, fair enough. I'm awesome, so why the fuck would someone not like me? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you don't, you don't, you don't know that I hate you, so I've hidden it very I, well. I have so. long suspected that you hate me. Don't <laughs> so worry. Um, I feel like I have. I feel like really? I, I don't know. Like I have this memory of like trying to be cordial to somebody that I'm doing commentary with, and I can't remember who it was at this point. It's weird, but I feel like I have this distinct memory of it, but I can't I can't remember who it might have been. I mean, I've not mentioned David. It's got to be David. And James is trying to bring up the memory for David. And David's like, have James and I ever been in a fight before? <laughs> thinking about it right now. I have no idea. No, in, in fact, my reaction to what James just said is, I kind of have a half memory of that happening now too, but I have no way of knowing whether that's a real memory or something that I dreamed of or something that you just implanted in my brain right now. And my brain's like, we did that, and I have no idea if that's hypochondriacing a memory, basically. <laughs> that's, dude, I just have no security about whether things are real in my memory. Oh, so I don't know. I don't remember like more actively than just like a tiny little bite at the back, like I said. Other than like, other than that, no, I not that I can like actively be sure that it happened. Right. And and look, I mean, most people who are doing commentary are people who I think are cool. Like, I don't think anything anybody's not. Maybe that's not exactly right. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I could definitely think of a few people. Okay, yeah, maybe that's not exactly right. But who I've commentated with, I think I like all of them. I think they're, like, all friends of mine, right? Probably. Probably. Yeah, like I said, I definitely have a memory of commentating with somebody that I had to kind of bite my tongue on and, and, and do it with, but I can't remember now, or might have, I might be mixing it with a different memory or something like that. Oh man, don't get my memory now. I don't recommend that. Sorry <laughs> guys, I got a steel trap. I'll remember everything forever. Yeah, you just got to keep all my memories in your brain. And I'll also convince David that I bought a ticket to China 
on the same trip that he You didn't taking. do that? I did not do that. You no. got you can't do that to I me. did not do that. I did not book that trip. Ugh. I really hope you went and told Kelly, hey guess what? Brock's gonna be there. I didn't, I didn't, but <laughs> Oh damn it. I, not but not for any particular reason. Like it totally could have come up. Yeah, no, I definitely did not do that. I would not I would not impede upon your vacation with your wife like that. Even well, if it was like a once in a lifetime deal trip, I would just let you know. Alright, so it. what we're talking about here is my wife and I got a super cheap trip uh, for a vacation in 2022 in early COVID when travel companies were like really hard on their luck. And we yeah. got this like ridiculous 10 day deal to fly across the Pacific Ocean and have like all expenses paid for. And it's like 400 bucks is like absurd. Dang. Um, so we did that and we're going with her friends. So part of why this sounded reasonable to me was we are going with friends, but like, <laughs> it's her friends. So then the other day, I'm talking about this to Tupperware, and he's like, oh yeah, I got I got tickets for that. And I was like, you did? I don't remember you <laughs> oh, saying no. that, but did you really? And then you were like, yeah. And I was like, okie dokie, like that's good enough for me. <laughs> and now you've ruined everything. David was so intent oh, on having man. fun with you on the airplane and playing fighting games with him yeah. on the Switch. On, no, David forgot 15 minutes after I told him. That is completely correct. I hadn't thought about it until right now. <laughs> <So>, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you guys, you can't troll my memories. Like, Zay, come on. Oh, that was good. That was good. That's the only time I've ever done it. Well, there yeah, will be good. more time now. <laughs> now that you know it's so easy. <laughs> now, that I, yeah, now, that I, now that I know my power. Oh man! I, I, I mean, back to the question. I don't, I don't think that there's that many jerks in commentary. Like there yeah, are some really. people who I can think of who like aren't my favorite folks. But when it comes to games that I specifically commentate, in the past, Street Fighter, Marvel, NRS games, like whatever it is that I've done, everybody's been cool. I don't know. Like I like. They're I will, all. I will they're say, all people who I've. In, in, most of them are people who I've known for a long time. There was very people who I don't know for a long time, or people who are just really good. I don't know. There was one time very, very early on, I didn't have a problem with this person, but we were both hired and flown to a tournament to do commentary, but they use it as an excuse to get an expense paid trip to see a girl, and they basically were never at the commentary ever. Uh, I know just, this story. <laughs> they just disappeared, and uh, I basically was on commentary the entire time by myself, and the TO was like... And I and that was very early on. So I at first did the commentary just as a favor for the TO, and the TO after that tournament was like, "You did way more work, and you were way more responsible than the other person that I did pay." He was like, "Don't ever do a commentary for free like this ever again." <laughs> I was like, well, "Okay." Year that was. 2011, maybe? Probably, 2010, yeah. Something really early on, yeah. Wild, wild west. Because mm -hmm. I think, no, I think that was 2010. Because I think I was at that tournament in 2011, yeah. and it was already bigger. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. think there, there were more people there. Yeah, uh-huh. Basically. So, yeah. <laughs> we'll not well, name names. <laughs> we won't name names, even well, though none of us even follows them anymore. We don't know what's going on. No connection at this point, unfortunately. Well, things got weird. All right, that's it though for the mailbag. All right. Oh, oh, oh! oh. What, did you guys, what did you guys think of the Mortal Kombat movie? Haven't seen it yet. 
I didn't watch that shit. Come on, man. Man, I was I'm, hoping to have an in-depth conversation. I have no, like, interest. And then everybody... The fact that everybody is not either stuck on it sucks or it's good just makes me think it's it's awful. Because, like, the general public, when it comes to movies, is stupid. Me included. So if, they, if stupid people can't even agree if it's either stupidly bad or stupidly good, then it just makes me feel like it's it's a, a mishposh of crap and if you pay attention to the story at all you're going to be disappointed yeah i have never had seen this kind of wild disparity in what people feel yeah, about this movie like i it's it is a wild like it is wild and it's not even like oh yeah this is just a mindless action film like people who i know who love mindless action films hated this movie so you know it's it's interesting i'm trying to figure out what what's going on with this movie so i am a lore guy katana prime so the fact that apparently there's no tournament i mean i am happy for lewis tan spoilers i think lewis tan is really awesome and i think he deserves to get a lot more uh uh movie cred he's the guy who played cole he's the guy who plays cole so he was in he was in uh like Iron Fist, he he auditioned for the Iron Fist role, but they just put him in as the drunk boxer, and like he's the only good thing in the first season of Iron Fist, and he's in one episode because he can actually fight, <laughs> you know. But I don't know. We'll see. I'm planning to see it probably pretty soon, so I'll probably see it pretty soon. So yeah, I, I mean... liked it. I liked it. Look, it's not. I think people who were going into it, who ended up not liking it, just had like a weird perspective on what it was going to be. Guys, it's Mortal Kombat. It's not going to be. Yeah, he was Shatterstar in Deadpool too. Yes, it's not going to be like some great lore fest. They're not going to have an award-winning script. Like you know that. But see, that's the thing. Right, that's the thing. Is I. I am waiting for that moment where someone can actually write a good video game movie with an actually like respectable script like that, you know. And and I've well, thought I, I thought of a lot of movies about that that, you know, like if I turn this game into a movie, like I want to write so many different movies. <laughs> Dude. For video games. Maybe at some point that ends up happening, but there's no precedent for it, so don't go into this expecting right, anything right. like that. And if you don't and you're just like I want is let's have fights that are cool and th- there's going to be some jokes. You'll have a good time. Like that was my perspective on it. I had a good time. Those are my expectations. I mean, look, my brother, the movie myself. critic, said it was fun. So you know, I mean, if, fun is a great word for right, it. Right. Exactly. exactly. So he said it was really cheesy and actually weirdly kitty, except for fatalities. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> So we'll see. Come over with his big scowl, scowl I don't face think over maybe there. Maybe I'll watch it. I'll get real intoxicated and watch it at some point, but probably not. I could see that being fun. Yeah. Anyway, looking forward to the sequels. There is all four of them. Completely off topic here, but there is a new, and I know Tubaware linked this. Someone else told me about it earlier on. There is a new technique. That is dominating Nest Tetris these days. And it's really, really fascinating. Where is David? Oh, yeah, there he is. There's a new technique that uh, people are learning in Nest Tetris that might actually be a third technique on top of hyper tapping. I mean, Daz play and hyper tapping. 
and uh, okay. it seems to work faster than hyper tapping. The whole concept being that hyper tapping, you have to do this as fast as you can on one button. But you know, for those of us who play on joysticks, because the buttons are big enough, we know that if we wrap with two fingers, it's faster. The problem right. is that's impossible here because this thing is really, really small over here. And in fact, when Jonas actually did an interview with the drummer, uh, the drummer was trying to think of ways to do this. Like he was sitting here trying to do all this stuff like this. Well, somebody actually, I think it was Cheese who figured out this technique to do kind of a pseudo version of this where you hold the pad at just the right tension on the right balance on your leg or something like this. And you hit the bottom of the controller with your three fingers like this. And uh, some people are practicing this. Sometimes some people will do it with four fingers like this, and you can get faster than hyper tapping with that. And some people are practicing it and starting to find it actually be a viable technique. And uh, they just had uh, that player finished. I think it was level twenty nine, like the the high stack thing, like the first recorded, the first ever finish of that or something like that. Uh, it's faster and better on your hands. And like, uh, he had the longest, most line clear now on level 29 start out of, uh, in history. And so, yeah, he actually just, he does it like this and this actually gets him to tap faster. And, and like Lance Muscle says, anybody can learn to do it. So Daz players won't learn hyper tapping because they're just incapable of it. Right? You just can't do it fast enough. But now people are finding out that if you just do this, you can actually hyper tap with three fingers like this or, or four fingers. And, you know, if you, no. need, if you need to move it twice, you use two fingers. If you need to move it three times, you use three fingers. And so it's crazy, dude. It's Look, crazy. I respect it. But you guys have to move on eventually. Yeah, I was like, gonna say it's fine. It's time for you guys to move on to a different just, version. Just get something different, innovative, different like this Empress from Paradise Arcade. <laughs> Look at this cool. Yeah, it's so cool. You know what? It. It's it's so thin. It's beautiful. The it feels fantastic. All the buttons are super nice. It's, I love it. I I just literally yeah. got it today. I've had it for like two hours. I played on it for like ten minutes. It's. <laughs> so nice it's, so i can't say enough about it it's really interesting because i have brought this conversation up with the tetris guys and i've said to them because of my fighting game background that this is going to become an issue the rules so far are to only use nest pads because that just universalizes it and they feel like other techniques are going to be more efficient so they want to and it's in it. I told them, I was like, you're not going to be able to control this because these things are going to go away for one. And two, uh, you know, like Tetris Effect has a Nest Classic mode on there and you can't force people to use a Nest pad on those things. And I was like, yep. we have to start looking into starting to allow all the controllers in there. And so it is a conversation that I've been trying to bring up to everybody. Well, on that note, in late for me. Got to work in the morning. Call it a show. David's trying to ASMR. Time to go to sleep, everybody. Have a good night. Heard him.